Well, hello. It is Tuesday, May 19th. We're almost out of this son of a bitch. Hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. Post a picture where you're listening. You could be a part of our merch giveaway. Gave away $500 on Instagram on Sunday. Gave away $5,000 on Twitter Monday. Trying to give away some merch today. Hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. Take a picture of where you're listening to the podcast at. Go ahead and post it. You can make, win some merch. And if you like the show, tell a friend. If you don't like it, act like it never happened. Let's get into it. Good conversations for the day, okay? Good convos. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now, Buffalo Bills general manager, holy hell, can't believe this is happening, Brandon Bean. Okay. Yay! a boy, Brandon. Woo! Appreciate that, Pat. How you doing? I'm excellent. How are you? You have to feel... I was almost going to swear they were pretty good to be a Buffalo Bill right now. Last year, season came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, Tom Brady says, I'm heading out of town. Gronk comes back to football, but out of your division. You get Stephon Diggs. You have to feel really good right now to be in a position that you're in. Yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to get there, Pat. Obviously, uh, we wanted to take Brady down ourselves. Uh, you know, we were 0-6, uh, Sean and I, since we got here three years ago. So, uh, you know, a guy of his stature. Uh, I mean, you played against them all those years uh, in, in Indianapolis. You, you know what he's what, what their team was like, and, and uh, I'm sure that was always the, the game of the year. Yep. Uh, you know, for you guys. But um, at the same time, uh, you know, we just focused on what we got and, and wish Tom and you know the best. Uh, if he's going to leave, I'm glad he went to the NFC. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. I was about to say you still might have a chance to run into him. I mean, there's still a chance that old Brandon Bean and McDermott can take down the enemy Tom. We, I promise you, we'd love uh, we'd love a chance to uh, to play him again here at some point. I mean, he says he's going to play for at least two or three more years, so uh, uh, I got to think some way, somehow, it, it would happen. And yeah, Gronk coming back. I mean, just uh, uh, obviously a lot of you know excitement uh, for the league. You know, he's he's a fun guy to have in the league. Uh, you got to love his personality. And again, uh, an AFC East foe for us, and, and always caused us headaches, but. Uh, you respect this game, and uh, it's fun to have him back in the NFL. All right, let's talk about uh, you and the squad that you have built here. Uh, you said he's saying he's going to stick around for at least another two to three years. I feel like you understand that, hey, building a team takes a little bit of time. There's been a lot of patience that you and McDermott have had together with each other. I mean, 2017, your first year there, you had to get rid of a lot of contracts that were made from the previous GM to fit the team in your vision, I'd assume. Tyrod Taylor gets the team to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. You get him out of town. Then you bring in Josh Allen. What has that been like the entire process? And did you know you were like, hey, whenever I get a gig, I'm gonna, I have to because this is just something that works in the NFL. When you become a guy, you you always have this situation where you want to build your team your way. How has the patience been in building your team? And last year, make a playoff run. I assume it's going to go to the next step. But the Buffalo Bills are a picture of patience in a world now in the NFL that doesn't have a lot of patience and it seems like it's paying off. Yeah, you got to give our owners, Terry and Kim, uh, obviously a lot of props. You know, Sean got here a few months before I did, but uh, laying the vision out was, um, listen, we're going to make some necessary moves in 17. Uh, we're going to try and win because, you know, you want to build a winning culture. And I just don't believe in, you know, the, the, the word tanking or, or whatever you want to throw out there. So obviously we were trying to win. Uh, did I think we were going to get in the playoffs that year? No, I probably wouldn't have bet on that. Uh, but, you know, Tyrod and that group, Kyle Williams – you know, we, we snuck in the back door. We got some help uh, by the Bengals beating the Ravens on the last game and slide in. And what a fun thing to end a 17-year drought for our fan base. But 
that's what made 18 really hard was making all these necessary moves. Um, but but we were able to acquire you know enough draft picks for, for Josh Allen. Uh, the 18 season we had over 50 million of dead money. So uh, obviously that hurt Sean, uh, you know McDermott and our staff's chance knowing that there's 50 million dollars of players that we're not competing with out there. But uh, if you're patient. And you, can, and you can build it, and that's the thing I've said, if I get a gig, to your point, Pat, uh, we're gonna lay it out, and we're gonna do it the way we wanna do it, and we're not, we're not adjusting. Whether we won the Super Bowl the first year or whether we didn't win a game, the plan was we're gonna get rid of this cap, acquire draft capital, find a franchise quarterback, and then build it from there. Okay, why was Josh Allen your guy? What, what what was it about Josh Allen? And then obviously the first year, he has those glimpses of greatness. The athleticism is off the charts. And then last year, he gets even better. Everybody on earth is expecting him to get even better. But let's go back to whenever you pick him up and he's the guy. What was it about Josh Allen? And were you worried about the small school thing? Like, hey, I don't know how this guy's going to transition. Um, you know, that's when you're when you're scouting him, you're definitely trying to watch. All right, who is he going against? You know that. You know what corners. Uh, you know what receivers does he have? And unfortunately, um, it is what it is. He's playing at Wyoming, but you still have to give him the attributes of the arm talent, the athletic ability, the prototypical size. Um, those are the things we saw on tape, watching him through the fall, and then I went and saw him live, and then saw him live again at the Senior Bowl. Uh, the next part, Pat, was getting to know him and. Uh, one of the first things that we figured out testing him, this guy's very smart. You know, uh, Brian Dayball, you know, we met with him at the Senior Bowl. We tested him. He was very smart. Then we went to Laramie a month later and tested him again in a couple different scenarios, some kind of uh, quick processing things. And then also, what do those look like, Brandon? What do those look like for people that have never seen something like this? Because I talk about the Wonderlick, and people are like, "Well, I've never heard what the Wonderlick's like." In that process of trying to get a gauge on somebody, not just how tall they are or how fast they are, but when you're trying to figure out the brain and quick process, what does that look like? Are you giving them a play and telling them what to do, or, or is it something different, completely unrelated to football? So uh, Brian was te- basically he would sit up and he would teach each each of the quarterbacks that we met with he would sit up in the room and teach him certain parts of the playbook, what the formation is, what the personnel group is, and what the play call is. And and basically what he would do is he would tell the players, uh, whether it was him or any of the other guys, walk out of the room, and Brian would write some stuff that these guys had to match on the board. And we did the same exact test for each one, and um, basically it was match this formation with this play call. And so Brian would ask a question and say, all right, and see how quickly. And basically, we would time them to see if they could get them all done in like 30 seconds. That's and, amazing. And, and it was, uh, we did we did a couple different those, but we tried, well, the thing we did, Pat, with, to make it fair across the board was we did the same exact test with each quarterback and timed them to see how quickly, you know, can they beat 30 seconds or if not, how many do they get, you know, completed in 30 seconds. And, and you know, without going into what the other guys did, Josh did really well. Obviously, he scored 37 on the Wonder League, but... Um, he, he was a quick processor. So those that That's was the next score. step. How smart is he? You're 37? Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah, that, um, got, that got leaked. I was happy it got leaked. There's a lot of other things that got leaked about me that I wasn't excited about. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, there's always certain things you, you don't want to get leaked, but uh, if we can pick make and sure choose. that 37 gets out there. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you're 100% right. Sorry uh, I cut but, you off there. And then just his personality, Pat. I mean, um, when you, you feel him in the room, and, and when we went to Laramie, we brought our owners with us. Just to see how he's around owners. How's he around us? How's he? And 
uh, was amazed at how comfortable he was in his skin. And you just, you felt it. We went to a restaurant in, in Laramie and people are just, you know, Josh was just super nice to the host. You could tell he'd been there before, but he's not walking in there like, Hey, I'm, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. He's talking to every single person from the hostess and just genuine dude took him to lunch after the workout the next day. Uh, it was the same thing. And again, then brought him to Buffalo and, uh, just, you know, everything about him, uh, you know, screamed leadership. And, and I think if you ask the guys on our team, Pat, whether they're on the offensive side or the defensive side, I haven't found anybody that just doesn't love who Josh Allen is on and off the field. Well, Lorenzo Alexander, uh, he's been on our show a couple of times, steadfast up there in Buffalo, loves the Bills. Because there was a, a conversation when Cam Newton was opened up to the market after a bunch of quarterbacks had been signed already. The thought was to the Chargers. And then Chargers said, no, we're out. We're going to draft a guy. And then the thought was to Miami. They do the same thing. Then maybe Jacksonville, they take the Sky Cam, Mike Glennon. And then maybe it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, they're not interested. Like, And then the only everybody is like, well, maybe the Buffalo Bills because he and Josh Allen, both very athletic. I asked Lorenzo Alexander, a linebacker for the Buffalo Bills for a long time, and he said he doesn't 100% know that if Cam Newton would fit the culture that Sean McDermott has built in Buffalo, and also he thinks that would be unfair to Josh Allen in his growth, especially with how much he's grown, to get a guy in there who's a proven player who should be a player somewhere. But whenever you're talking about a young quarterback, you got to give him, you got to empower him to know he's the guy. Is that the feeling that you have as well with the thought of any other quarterbacks, let alone Cam Newton, but any other quarterback to potentially come in there? Yeah, our, our whole goals, you know, the first thing we looked at after this season, Pat, you know, we had a good year, but offensively we still didn't score enough points and I think that's what called up with us in Houston um, if you remember that game we started with a touchdown but after that we settled for field goals we just couldn't couldn't punch it in couldn't get a big play and got it to overtime and still same thing couldn't get a you know the play we needed to get a field goal territory and so that was the impetus for the move of Stefan Diggs adding you know another weapon there opposite John Brown pairing with Cole Beasley and you know that's been everything it's been trying to give Josh all he needs uh, we have the same O-line that we had last year, which was a much improved group from, from 18. Josh's rookie year, we, we didn't do very well up front. And that was the, uh, the main thing we had to get fixed last year was our O-line. So while it was improved, it's not perfect, but having the same, you know, the continuity yeah. of, of those front five back should help. Josh is familiar with them. Now they're, they're familiar you know, with how he checks and calls games and things like that. So um, that's been our thing here going into 2020 is surrounding Josh with more weapons. We add another running back um, to pair with Devin Singletary, add Zach Moss, and then a couple bigger receivers later in the draft and, and Gabe Davis from, from Central Florida and then uh, Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon State. So um, to your question, all you know, it's a long-winded answer, Pat, but it's Josh Allen is our guy, and we're going to surround him. Uh, we did draft Jake Fromm, but you know, we didn't anticipate that. That's more of a he'll compete with Matt Barkley you know, you know, in a backup type role. Um, but other than that, you know, Josh is our guy. Well, there's a couple of Packers fans that are currently in the room right now that are wondering why that same thought wasn't taken over there. <laughs> but Brandon Bean liked the way you're building that team with some patience. Stephon Diggs, whatever 
it had came out what last year week four that he got fined two hundred thousand dollars for missing a practice and then Thielen was up in arms and then it was a very interesting situation that inevitably led to their offense turning around and doing better and doing a late playoff push and then everybody knew that Stephon Diggs was not happy being in Minnesota whether it was uh social media work or working out in a Cardinals shirt or anything like that how did that whole process come about for the Buffalo Bills be like hey here's a guy who is an unbelievable talent for whatever reason it's not working with Zimmer out there he's a guy that's available let's go get him how did that whole process happen and do you have guys in your mind during the season or after the season when you do that evaluation where you're like if this guy comes available we need to get him in if this person becomes available we need to get them is that how that goes yeah definitely you're looking um after the season you're looking at who the free agents are who the cap casualties are and then who are guys that maybe teams would be willing to unload either for cap reasons or um this situation it hasn't always meshed you know for whatever reason and Pat, we actually we tried to make a trade in the season last year for a wide receiver. We looked at, at several. Um, some of them did get traded to other teams that just didn't work out on our end. And, you know, Stefan was one of the ones that uh, I did inquire about with Minnesota, and they were just steadfast. No, and I don't blame them. They were, they were midseason. They were having a good year. Why would you trade, you know, your number one guy like that? But in the back of my mind, and we did a lot of recon on him at that point, but in the back of my mind, it's – you know, we'll, we've done the recon on him. Maybe, maybe down the road is still an option if it would if it would be a fit for us at that time. So it just kind of happened. Uh, we were getting set. It was first night of free agency, and you know, some stuff was out there, and and we circled up with Minnesota that afternoon. Started having some discussions. Kind of looked at what our free agent market was. Looked at where we were drafting at twenty two. Kind of where we thought the receivers may fall, and just felt like we wouldn't be able to get a guy at twenty two, Pat. Uh, that can do what a Stefan Diggs can do. Stefan's an unbelievable talent. I mean, he is an unbelievable talent for whatever reason last year. It was very obvious to me and anybody that's ever seen a football player act with a football team. He was not happy there. I think it that's a big addition to your squad up there in Buffalo. Excited to see what he can help out with Josh Allen and deep threat, maybe score some more points. A uh, couple last questions here, and I can't thank you enough for joining us. You're a cool dude, by the way. Bill's Mafia, <laughs> I assume, loves you, and they should. Uh, Von- Vontae Davis, okay? I was teammates with Vontae. All right. Vontae and I, good friends. Uh, I I think anybody who's ever met Vontae loves Vontae. And I think the story from LaShawn and uh, I forget who else. It was Tredavious. Yeah, Tredavious talking about the Vontae Davis situation. How did you – because I assume GMs aren't in the locker room at halftime. No. You're not in the locker room. You're up in a, a, a box somewhere watching alongside other people and you have the TV yeah. on and other people with you. And obviously in a locker room, Vontae goes, hey, dog, like you say, I'm out of here, dog. Right? He just bat. It's a young man's game. Hey, it's a young man. I didn't go back. So whenever that happens, okay, when that happens and the team comes back on the field and you're like just looking around and you don't see Vontae, is that a call down or did they call you? How did you find out about the Vontae situation? And have you talked to Vontae since then and how have those conversations gone? So, uh, We'll take them one at a time. Uh, something I've never seen, and you know Vontae. Uh, and uh, I can say I've, I've seen a lot of things. That's when I said I've seen it all. Uh, an NFL player. I mean, I've seen a kid in Little League walk off the field. Like, he's, yeah. he's ticked off. His mom or dad's not happy. Get in the car, Johnny. We're going home. But I've never seen it from an NFL perspective. And, no, I got a text, and I didn't understand it, to be honest with you. I got a text. Uh, from the locker room basically saying, hey, uh, Vontae's done. And and I'm like, done? And he's like, yeah, he's, 
says he's not going to play anymore. And I thought in my head, he's pulling himself out. Something's, something's hurting him. He'd come off a growing thing or something, or he and a coach got into it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not, you know, never in my mind did I think he's like done with the NFL, you know, all that stuff. So after the game, I, you know, I'm talking to Sean, he still doesn't really know everything. He's, you know, they got to go back out and coach this game. We'll, we'll deal with this later. And so you're asking questions like, no, he literally got dressed in the locker room at halftime, packed his stuff and drove out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I called his agent and, and, and tried to reach him and he was, he was in the middle of it trying to figure out what was going on. I don't think we honestly thought – I thought maybe something was underlying that I still didn't know about. Like, okay, he's going to come in tomorrow. We'll hash through this. We'll figure it out. And it was like, no, I'm happy. I'm good. I'll pay my bonus back. Like, because that was the next thing. Like, well, how are we going to do this? And they're like, no, nope, he's going to pay his money back. And I got to give him a lot of credit. Amen. Some people may have argued. Vontae immediately paid everything back. So – Although I was very disappointed to see a guy do that at halftime, uh, I got to give him credit. He, he was steadfast, and within two weeks, he had paid his bonus back, and uh, I thought that was pretty impressive. Any, there was a group text thread that popped off in my phone immediately upon it happening. I mean, it was a lot of people like, "Did you see? Have you heard?" And then everybody's like, "Vonte wouldn't do because that's not Vonte, by the way. Vonte, yeah. that's not like." That is not an indicator of what Vontae David. Vontae's a hard worker. He had to rehab yep. a lot. He, he's gone. Like his first couple of years in Miami, I think he thought he wasted his talent. Comes to Indianapolis, like kind of turns it around. Hardworking guy. Enjoyed practice. And then all of a sudden, after, hey, dog. He's saying, I'm out of here. That was just, it came out of nowhere. And there's you got of, his voice down. Oh, <laughs> hey, we had plenty of conversations. Um, oh, that's great. Well, how do you feel about Bill's Mafia? When you go from Carolina up to Buffalo. And I think because of the 17 year drought, uh, there's a lot of conversation about the fan base who is so passionate, so loyal and absolutely bonkers. I mean, it is some of the most beautiful things in all of professional sports. When you go to Buffalo, what is your not re relationship with Bill's Mafia? Because you had to make some hard decisions. You cut some players, I assume that they loved people that yeah. made a lot, but, but the people that are salary cap, they had some good years that they got that big contract from somebody. So you had to get rid of some people. I assume there was a little bit of Bill's Mafia like, come on, this guy. But now that you've kind of <laughs> turned around on the other side, how is yeah. the Bill's Mafia relationship with old Brandon Bean and the Bills right now? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, they haven't burnt my house down, so uh, <laughs> good. we're good there. But <laughs> a lot of burning tables, but they haven't taken my house. No, to your point, uh, some of the moves I made early on, I definitely knew they were, they were unpopular. Uh, but ones, as I said earlier, had to be done. But uh, Bill's Mafia has been great and just super supportive of, of what we're doing, what Sean's doing, and and our players. And and uh, they're fired up, you know, with, with us making the playoffs again, you know, which is two out of three years after a 17-year drought. So um, I think they feel like we're we're heading in the right direction. Obviously, we feel like we're, you know, we still got a lot of goals to accomplish, but but we are. Uh, but there's no fan base. I mean, if you're an NFL fan or any fan. Uh, you should come to a game in Orchard Park like, and just watch it, soak it in, give yourself time, get there at 9 a.m. If the game's at 1, be there. You can be there earlier. They're out there. I pull in around 8 a.m. and they're out there because they got all these RVs. And it's like, um, you know, what it reminded me of was like a NASCAR event. You know, you, you see all these RVs oh, pull yeah. up at a NASCAR. 
they're coming in Friday night and Saturday morning. So, Pat, our players can see the RVs when they come in for a Saturday, you know, walkthrough, all that stuff. I mean, people are Sean out there. Mc Sean McDermott giving the speech to the team being like, Hey, they're ready. You see them? Look, there are. They got the kegs tapped already in the RV. We got an entire moment. What a scene up there! It's 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 unbelievable. Um, there's no again to withstand 17 years of what this organization had to go through of no postseason success, and then and just to be. I mean, literally, first game we're out there in 2017. It was sold out and packed. And I'm thinking, man, we're going to have to earn some trust. I'm wondering what the fan support's going to be because again, I'm I'm learning all about it. I yep. knew it, but uh, they're just and they show. I'm telling you, last year in Nashville, Pat, we played the Titans, and it was like a bowl game, a college bowl game. Half, you know, we make a play, you hear a huge, you know, a huge roar. They make a play, it was truly like a split, a split crowd. And, and awesome. I didn't go down Broadway, but people were talking about that. It was like. You know, obviously, in today's environment, it wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do that. Well, but, currently, yeah. You know, yeah. Current <laughs> but, moment, Bills Mafia would not thrive in the current environment that we are no, in in the world. No, they're they're going to be dying. But uh, they literally took over that stadium, and it's you know, so many. It's been so fun when we win on the road. There's not a game that we've been to where if we're winning late, like we've got it sealed up, and they are making all sorts of racket. You know, the home fans are are exiting out, oh. and they've all come down behind our bench, and our players just, they look for it, they love it. Pittsburgh last year, uh, when they did the Renegade song and, and all that stuff, I mean, it, it was just, you know, for Pittsburgh's historical, you know, how great they've been for so long, it was, it was we got one in here. Huh? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We were Sorry. there. We were there, we for, were that. there for that game, we by there. the way. Your defense had, what, 75 picks, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I think there was 75 interceptions that game by your defense. <laughs> but you're 100% right. I had never heard a Pittsburgh stadium, because we're yeah. from Pittsburgh, filled with another team's fans as much as that. that is not something that's normal in Pittsburgh. Buffalo invaded, and I think it's because they felt that that match was – that was pretty much for an AFC wildcard spot at yeah, the time. Yeah, that was for a playoff yeah. spot. That was yeah. for a playoff spot. That yeah. was an electric atmosphere there. He's got a question. That's by the way. Big Steelers fan here has a question. Broke I'm sorry. I'm surprised you didn't cut me off. No, no, it's not me. No, I don't no, care. No, they no, could have no. paid me. They didn't. This guy, though. No, big, big. We've, we've had plenty of years of success. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Steelers stuff, everything. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, you being with Cam so many years in Carolina, are you surprised? Like, are other GMs surprised that, that Cam has not found a spot yet? Yeah, I think I truly think he would have if it wasn't, you know, he's come off the injury again. He had the foot this year, the shoulder the year before, and, and I just kind of feel like he's um, he's one of those guys that maybe medically people want to make sure, what am I getting? And then, you know, maybe they don't want to necessarily promise him a starting job. Maybe Cam has, you know, started out as, I definitely want to be a starter. And I've been asked this question a couple of times. I thought, you know, some of the spots you mentioned, Pat, earlier, I thought those were going to be great spots for him that he would go in – and if not get the job, uh, he would be the favorite to win the job. And I'm really surprised because, um, you know, if he's back healthy, I'm assuming he is, if he's back healthy, I mean, this guy was a, an MVP. I mean, he led us to a 15-1 season. So I just – I don't totally get why he's, why he's not been signed other – then there may be some medical concerns and, and guys can't get their doctors to get their hands on them. I assume you have other stuff to do, but you're a nice guy and we're just going to talk to you <laughs> until you have to leave. <laughs> Will you watch, like Cam Newton right now is currently posting videos. 
okay? And his videos look like he's in better shape than I've ever seen him. And he seems like he has a massive chip on his shoulder because this is the first time he's ever been told, get the hell out, and we don't want you, and nobody else wants him either. So I think Cam Newton's going to come back, just like you said, and go to somewhere and be a great quarterback. But do scouts and GMs, because there's like trick shot kickers that get workouts who just kick on the internet, do you yeah. guys watch these videos, and do you take anything into account whenever you see workouts online, knowing that it's just highlights, uh, yeah. Yeah. no matter what's the case? Yeah, you know, you flip them on. At the end of the day, uh, I mean, I've seen some of our guys putting some stuff out there, working out, you know, whether it's receiver, he ain't dropping the ball, quarterback, he's throwing a, a great dime, you know, in there. And I'm like, okay, where's the other ones? Where's, 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 you know, where's the drops? Where's the missed throws? But uh, in all seriousness, you still so you can still see him do it. And if, you know, if Cam's got – I haven't seen his videos, but if he's out there posting some stuff, I have no doubt, Pat, that's the exact words I used. I was asked about him a few weeks ago. Um, and I'm like, this guy is coming out. He's being told, no, we don't want you by a lot of teams. He is going to have the biggest chip on his shoulder. He's always played with one, but he's going to – I mean, I just – I wouldn't bet against him, and, and I'm surprised that, that somebody hasn't signed him yet. All right. Well, we appreciate you so much. I like the – by the way, listen, I got football to pay attention to. I'm not putting a damn thing on the wall behind me. <laughs> uh, uh, I love it. No, I just uh, I'm at uh, I'm at a buddy's house, so I uh, threw oh. this up and and uh, uh, so I'm in I'm in a bedroom. So are you out. are you gonna are you golfing? Uh, hopefully this weekend. Hopefully. How, how's your game? Uh, I haven't played yet this year. Uh, I'm I'm decent once I get going, but nice. uh, this may be ugly these first few rounds. Well, I'll tell you what, you're an incredible interview. Most GMs can't do this type of thing. I can't thank you enough for joining us. You're the best for this, honestly. Nah, appreciate it, Pat. Anytime, uh, you guys stay safe. You got it, you too, and good luck on the course this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Bean. So, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about the greatest shorts to ever exist. Okay, everybody knows I got big thighs. Skies out, thighs out. Quad father. All these things. So, finding shorts is not easy. It's not easy to find shorts that fit. It's not easy to find things that are comfortable and move with me and have the liner inside that acts as boxer briefs but is even more comfortable because it's not actually a part of the... You get it. It is bird dogs. Bird dogs are gym shorts with a built-in silky soft inner liner that makes underwear obsolete. Ha! Obsolete! They also make the best pants that I've ever worn. When you put these shorts on, you're going to be like, hey, I understand way back in the day, way back in the day, they tried to make the bathing suits that had the thing that held your kit and caboodle together. They were trying to eliminate underwear so you didn't have to get your underwear wet when you jumped in the pool. Well, Bird Dogs came along, revolutionized it, and made the most comfortable thing ever. You don't have to put on underwear, and you can wear these shorts in the gym. You can wear them in the pool, and you can even wear them to an office meeting if you have to. They look damn good, and the pants are fantastic as well. Right now, you go to birddogs.com and enter promo code PAT, and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. Yup. You heard it. Nunchucks. You'll get an actual murder weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code PAT, and boom, free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. They are fantastic. I worked out on them today. I'll sleep in a pair tonight. You'll enjoy the hell out of them. Birddogs.com, promo code PAT. You get a free pair of nunchucks. 
Hi! Hello, welcome to McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. I am Pat McAfee. To my left, the handsome man in front of the bookshelf, AJ Hawk. How are you, pal? I'm doing great, pal. How you doing? I'm good. You know, this weekend I became text friends with somebody that we know. Who is that? Oh, you know. You you know. Well, you're already text friends with Jeremy Piven. We know that. Okay, yeah, yeah, that is correct. That didn't happen this weekend. Jeremy Piven did not happen this weekend. Uh, Scotty Pippen you're close friends with, too. Scotty Pippen and I have never texted, but we are close, I do believe. I do believe. Uh, Who could it be? Aaron Rodgers. Let's go! No way! Number 12? What happened? Why did it take so long? Uh, That was actually part of the conversation, was (laughs) why did this take so long? I blamed him. He he took the blame, and I told him that that type of accountability is hard to find these days. (laughs) And then we moved. That was a DM conversation. We moved into a text conversation. Uh, so now we're in a situation. What's the first text I send to said man? So I chose the gif of, uh, of us coming up the escalator at the golf tournament with the belt. And uh, that's my <laughs> first message to him. And then he responded a day later. Now that's where we're at. I'm trying to figure out what's going back to him next. Nice. This is a real mental joust here. Oh, Wait a second. Hold on. So you've sent a gif. Possibly 24 to 30 hours later, he sent back what? Hi, Pat. <laughs> and that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at, yeah. With a period. Oh, Hi, oh, Pat, wow. with a period, right? So now I'm making him wait at least. It's been 24 hours, maybe 30 hours since that text. So I want to let him know, like, hey, that's not how I fucking play, pal, okay? Just because you answer doesn't mean I'm automatically going to answer. Now I have to properly time this. And well, what- no, because you would have answered right back, but he waited a full day. If he would have got right back to you, then you get back to him. So you're going to make it look like, hey, like I'm running the, I'm driving the boat here, not you. Bingo! And also, when he, when he, he was the one that gave his number in the uh, direct messages, I did not just automatically send a message over. By the way, it was like five, six hours later after message had been seen that I didn't answer. I just want to make sure that he understands. Like, hey, I'm very thankful to be texting with him, but hey, I am a journalist. Okay, have a little fucking integrity, pal. <laughs> I think a lot of people can probably relate to that, though. Like your situation that you're in, although it is funny, it is relatable. Everyone has had somebody that they have gotten in contact with, got introduced to somehow, and you're like, okay. Don't fuck it up. Now what? Yeah, what don't do we fuck do? it up. That's like, for instance, whenever the um, when the sexing apps used to happen, <laughs> when those apps you swipe right to have sex with somebody else, hey, bone, no bone. They, those still happen, right? Yeah, but when they first came out, okay, I had a lot of teammates that were on there. I used to be like, oh, okay, so a lot of my teammates would beat the game or whatever, so the the messaging would be the next move, right? They'd hit rock bottom on the swipes, and I was always I always enjoyed it. I was always like giving my tips, you know, that bear that would wave hello. I always thought that was kind of something <laughs> clever to send in there. Uh, the boys would never listen whenever I said that, oh, but the uh, the ch- you sent that. Oh yeah, I changed. I changed my game up quick. Whenever I started giving yeah, those, yeah, hell yeah, because I couldn't be on the game. I couldn't be in the game, right? I couldn't be in the game. But I just thought to myself, if I was in said game when this was years ago, years, years, and years ago, by the way, years ago, decades. De- no, not decades. <laughs> it was in a moment where I was single, but I didn't want to get onto this thing. Like I just, I had a little bit of. You're I, on like that. You're you would never like slum to that level. You're on Raya, right? The the celebrity Tinder app. No, see, I no, I, I didn't 
I heard that existed because we had a friend who somehow worked his way onto there, and he who? should not have been what on. What friend? It. It's it's like hard for people to get on. What friend? exactly? He got on there, so I think it kind of ruined the credibility of the rest of the app or whatever for me. <laughs> but I would I would never do it. But I would always you know like watch my friend play the video game, like give my tips out. And whenever I was like, oh, the bear thing, Nick started using, and did it work? Yeah. See, I knew I could oh. beat the game if I had to. Never got to play, but I knew I could have if I had to. Just that little fat bear saying hello. That's what it was like with me and Aaron Rodgers. I was trying to figure out which gif of me am I sending to him so he knows that it's me. And it was the one from his golf tournament where we were coming up the escalator. And I thought it was a good little good little arrival into his, his text messaging thing. Cause I, go, I, I think it's awesome. I, I think the best part is because he will get wind of this, your situation, like your dilemma as you're you, – you, exclaim like hey i'm text friends with this person and really no i sent him a gift he sent me two words and a period and now that's where we're, we're at right now he has said more words than me though at this point Ooh, so, point. i'm just telling you if, but, but if you're going to to start this this mental text <laughs> game back and forth no, you know no fucking big deal <laughs> hey, if you're gonna words. play like hard to get though pat and you're gonna start this whole like mental mind game thing with aaron He'll take it to the death. Like he'll, he'll never break character and stay with it and hit, play his own mind games back. I think this is because I said that I would turn on him last week, and he, he, he didn't want me to. You know what I mean? When he did that local press thing, I was like, listen, I turned on Andy Dalton. I didn't want to. I fucking had to. I had to turn on him. I would never turn on Aaron, but there was a little bit of a, a hint that I was potentially thinking about turning, and all of a sudden this starts up. I thought he handled that press conference, Zoom conference, very well, by the way. It just like... You said that he would do, and I assume everybody was like, he'll say all the right things. He did. He even stated some truth in there. He was like, listen, I was shocked by it all. And a lot of people are reporting what he said, but they're leaving out the first sentence. The first sentence of everything that he said. And I don't appreciate that. I don't like, whenever you're getting left off of things, like, I'm mad, but I speak for you. And you're like, you know, when we're both left off, uh-uh. uh-uh. I don't mm-hmm. like the way that plays, Bullshit. my friend. No way. Yeah, like, I didn't, I don't mind, like, when I'm left off of, of anything really, but you're right. Like when it was, when he, it came out of his mouth, like, well, I was watching the stream with Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk on their show. And that gets left out of everything. Then I'm like, you know what? That is, what, what are we doing? We're like, okay. Selective journalism. Are we just picking and choosing what everybody gets to hear? He said, AJ Hawk, Pat McAfee, and even the boys, Whoa. the boys even got a shout out in that thing. What about these guys? Cut to a close-up shot of uh, 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 of one of these guys. Look at look at that face there, wearing a Duquesne D on his forehead. You see that kid? He's worked his entire life to create something that maybe he'll get credit for. That guy has not created a lot of things that he's wanted to take credit for. That kid's not smart. He's not that intelligent. He's not that athletic anymore. But he was shouted out in the middle of a press conference by Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? ESPN just snips it off. They say that guy with the D on his face he doesn't need this type of credit that guy doesn't deserve this type of credit and i say bullshit what about the guy in the back there with the mustache think about that kid right next to the digs uh right there that guy went to school for 45 years he's using none of his education at this point he is a single man he's got a dog named walt that chases down trains he has a gang called a shot gang that nobody knows exists he gets a shout out from aaron Rodgers, and they cut it off this is the American dream. What about that guy? Owner of the Green Bay Packers. He's had to sit through this entire thing, not only as himself, but as Mad Mel Kuyper. He gets a shout-out on a Zoom press conference by Aaron Rodgers. What do they do? Fucking cut it out. God damn it. Next person, please. 
They didn't cut out Zito. Zito's, Zito made a, Zito's been shouted out enough on national television. <laughs> Not too much. But what about that, AJ? What about the boys getting cut off of all these people? Unbelievable. I mean, that's what I'm upset about. You're right. Maybe they'll run a retraction. You think? Those always work. A lot of people see them. I, I went right into Schefter's uh, post on Instagram. I was like, huh, pretty convenient. Leaving off one particular sentence that was right before here. And everybody was like, eh, selective bullshit media bias. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not about, it's not that serious. Everybody's thinking it's way too serious. Well, What's that? You know. It would have been nice to give you a little credit. I'm just, just saying, hand that, up. How about that kid right there? He did junior year of his high school twice. Yeah. You think he was ever going to get a shout-out from Aaron Rodgers? Never. And then he gets one, and they just whoosh, eliminate from the history books. Yeah, he doesn't even know how to turn on the light yeah, when he knows he's going to be on camera. Yeah, that's every single time. But see, it just doesn't. It, there it is. Sometimes oh, this works. Sometimes you've got to turn it off it and do? on. When does it not work? When you don't press the button? Yeah, like, see, look at that. We can hear you hitting the button, though. No, 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 you can't. She's like, right now it's not working. And then how do you feel about that works? mustache, AJ? By the way, he got rid of the chops, but the mustache, how do you feel about him? <laughs> Too close. It's kind of, I mean, it's a little bit scary right now looking at him. But no, he looks. it looks like it fits Connor. Like that mustache, like, okay, yeah, this guy's serious. He does look like a fireman or something like that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like a cop. Vol maybe volunteer fireman. Yeah, you're not getting paid. Not professional. Pull over. Pull over right now. That's That's Pull a over. That's a police officer, right? Pull. Hands behind your back. Okay, how about a fireman now? Get out of the way! Get out of the way! There's a fire! There's a fire! It's tough. Quick! Quick, get the hose! Get the hose now! There we go. Plug the hose into the fire hydrant there now! Now. Quick! There are children involved! Oh, oh you just do a little David Koresh right there. <laughs> hey, man. What about the pets, Connor? There's pets inside, too. Probably. Oh, my God! Get the cats out of that building right now! Did you hear uh, my lady had a uh, pet raccoon this weekend? I saw a video of that. Wait, wait did you bring it in? Me? <laughs> did, did she bring it into the house? Yeah, at one point, that thing was inside of our house in a cage. Because you're not allowed to actually... They're not allowed to be pets. So if... Here's the story. Long story short. I took the dogs outside to shit. Okay, I take the dogs outside to shit. The little one named uh, Chuck, who's a corgi, who doesn't listen to anybody and lives by his own rules. As soon as we go outside, he sprints to the right of our house around the corner. And I'm like, Chuck, he doesn't know his name, obviously. Chuck, he keeps running fast. So I have to go. I have my slippers on. It's raining. I turn the corner. I have to do like a little quick tap thing so I don't fall down. Sorry. And there's a raccoon basically with its hands up on the wall, okay, <laughs> facing like it's going to climb up. And Chuck is just like at attention staring at him so i'm like i'm like get the fuck out of the way so i go i get him i hit him on the butt get him to go back inside the house so i come inside and i'm like uh chuck just taste uh, chased down a baby raccoon outside so then as soon as i said it i was like oh no fuck, i shouldn't have said that <laughs> so then i go to the kitchen and sam's like i have to go so sam goes outside the baby raccoon or whatever is still up against the wall trying to climb we know that it lives up inside of my chimney so these raccoons live inside of my house because we've seen them going in and we've heard them once they get inside we feed mother raccoon every single night and by we i mean sam she she get this dog this, this raccoon's gonna have a 
a fucking heart attack. It has <laughs> more sweets than anybody I've ever seen. The raccoon will pick, by the way, raccoon will go through the salty stuff, pick up the sweet stuff, eat the sweet stuff. Peanut butter, big get for the raccoon. Ritz with peanut butter will open the Ritz uh, thing, lick the peanut butter, and then eat it. The raccoon has been very fascinating, but it's been a pet. So this baby one she sees, she's like, oh, it must have been separated from the mom. So she picks it up. I go outside. She's holding it in her arms like a little baby. This thing is being pet now. And I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing with that? She's like, we got to return it to its mom. So the mom comes out at the same time to eat the food on our deck every single night, 730, 8 o'clock at night, every single night. So Sam's just sitting there until 738, holding her, putting her over his shoulder, rubbing her, this whole thing. They're becoming like a bond at this point. I've seen this song and dance before. This thing's a fucking pet in no time. But then the law says you can't. And finally, the raccoon comes up and Sam lets it out. And the baby goes walking into a corner because it was a dumb little baby. And then it made a sound. And then it goes beeline right to, towards the mom raccoon, hops on the back of that thing, latches, and then the raccoon takes off. And Sam starts crying and bawling her eyes <laughs> off. And it was, uh, it was a real magical moment. But, yeah, I had a raccoon in my house this weekend for about six, seven hours. That's, I guess it's a, it's a storybook ending for that little, that little guy. How did, wait, how big was this raccoon? Small. They're little rat. They're very thin too. Like when you talk, because obviously I pet and held this thing too yesterday. Oh. It's a, a real thin, like weasel almost, ferret-like thinness. Hmm. Huh? Don't they carry rabies? Yeah, yeah, but this one didn't have any teeth. Yeah. So he's a, he's fresh. Like how old is this? The baby. I have oh, no idea. Vampire? It looked like it was a couple months old. Spring too is when babies come, right? So it can't yeah. be that old. True. Yeah, for the claws. Too. Thing was very claws. Yeah, Sam's all fucking sliced and diced. Because oh, oh. the thing was hanging on her like it was a fucking kangaroo or whatever. And they, they got these little hands, these claws, oh, and yeah. this whole thing. I mean, the, to the raccoon, baby raccoon's credit, could have bit Sam at any moment, yeah. chose not to. So it was very nice of that raccoon. <laughs> I mean, it's good you got the the baby away because it's just a matter of time before that raccoon does decide to bite. Well, the fox, too. I mean, we had a fox come up and check out the baby at one point. Jeez. I mean, so Sam was freaking out. Well, when you're feeding, if you're feeding that raccoon every night, there's lots of animals, I would guess, oh. that come check your house. Oh, out. the squirrels. We got this one squirrel. This it's son of a bitch is real fat. I don't know how many nuts you can fit in your mouth. This one has done them all. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. This raccoon is going to be the fattest raccoon in history. It's only a matter of time. Uh, it's going to be Jerry Krause looking soon. Good pivot. <laughs> Let's talk about... Um, the last dance did you watch the final two episodes last night yes i did how'd you feel about it i felt like it was a good ending to the whole story of the 10 part i mean did it need to be 10 parts i don't know i mean i guess i'm glad it, it was just because i'm a jordan guy i just wonder if someone wasn't a jordan person would they have wanted to be 10 episodes so everybody in here just looked at Foxy because Foxy's a big-time LeBron guy, not a big Jordan guy. For me, I didn't know much about Jordan. I was happy it was 10 episodes. Now, did I get confused a couple of times when they would bounce back and forth? And I'm like, all right, what did we learn last last week that we haven't Dennis, okay, he's on the team already, but this week, this week he's with the Pistons still. There was a couple of times where it was a little bit awkwardly uh, – 
format, I guess, because you're probably supposed to binge watch it. And when you binge watch it, you can bounce back and forth. But whenever you have that week in between, then you bounce back and forth. It can get a little bit confusing. I like, though, that it, it spanned five weeks. It gave us something to look forward to. I feel like I got an entire history lesson, not only on the Bulls, but basketball at the time in general, how it became an international thing. And basically, the life of Michael Jordan being one that is incredibly legendary is something that I got from it. But I think the people that are LeBron James fans watched that thing and were like, LeBron's still the greatest player of all time. And the people that watched that, that are Michael Jordan people, would say, Michael Jordan is still the greatest basketball player of all time. I don't think it proved anything of that nature. But for us and for me, I think it proved as quite a history lesson for me to not seem as stupid whenever I'm talking about old Michael Jordan. Yeah, I would agree with with what you're saying. And the whole like Jordan-LeBron argument, I... I don't ever dive into that stupid. Like, who cares? There's not an answer. Right? Kobe even said when Kobe was alive, like, why are we arguing something where there's no answer? Like a subjective thing. And I understand it. It drives media. People love to compare players from different eras and all this stuff. I thought what was fun was to see old John Stockton out there running point guard in his little baby shorts back in the day. Like, <laughs> I forgot yes. about John Stockton. I remember him as a player a little bit, I guess. But it's funny when you see that guy, like, so unassuming. You see him dicing through the lane and making plays you're like how does this guy ever do that what do you ever could he do that today and i don't know he looked like a fourth grade teacher when he was speaking last night fourth fifth grade teacher maybe a principal very unassuming guy who used to go out and deliver the mail there with the mailman malone but hey how about him missing that free throw did not expect that from stockton Mm -mm. missed a free throw last night i didn't expect what i saw was jordan miss shots which i had never seen before I, i had only seen highlights of him but it's the minor details of getting to witness why the greats are great is what I appreciated. That behind the scenes, the access and the footage that they had, not only with the Space Jam gym that they had, but also whenever he was coming back from baseball and listening to Francona talk, it's just the access is next level. And I'll miss the last dance on Sunday nights. So oh, yeah. I talked about this on the earlier show. You know, Entourage was on Sunday nights. Could wait all week for Entourage. Sopranos was on Sunday night. Could wait. Game of Thrones was on Sunday nights. That's Sunday night spot. If you can hit it right, you have the world waiting for Sunday night. And The Last Dance did that for five straight weeks. And a lot of swearing on ESPN. No other live sports. I mean, this could potentially be the, the dawn of a new day whenever it comes to sports talk and sports media. What do you mean? Maybe they'll let us get a show on there where I could drop a couple fucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, they were able to do that because it was after 9 p.m., correct? Oh, well, they're replaying the yeah. old episodes, and they're on at 8 and 7 throughout the night, right? Like, Good I would I would turn on at 8 o'clock and catch up where we were at because they're not going to do a previously on The Last Dance, which I think it did need each week. So I would watch three Last Dances each week there moving forward. 8 o'clock, they were letting them fucks fly, pal. They were letting them swing out there. Yeah, I, get, I don't know who is, uh, who's making the rules, I guess. ESPN can do what they, what they want, especially right now when you know everybody's watching. Dennis Rodman was making the rules. <laughs> Dennis Rodman was doing whatever the hell he went. You want to go to Vegas in the middle of the season? Fucking do it, pal. Pippen just came back, punished everybody else, let me go to Vegas, and then we'll run Native American sprints. My first day back, and I'm going to be in better shape than everybody. Middle of the finals, trying to get ring number six. I got to go to Nitro, pal. DDP needs to get hit in the back with a chair so we can really sell this pay-per-view. Oh, Carl Malone. How about you and me have a dust-up in the middle of the game to help build up this pay-per-view that WCW Bash at the Beach is having? Dennis Rodman made the rules, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's making the rules right now for ESPN. 
He did. I saw where Ron Harper, his teammate, they said, like, oh, what would you call him? He said, a businessman. He got fined 50K, and he made 250 for going to Nitro and missing that practice. <laughs> you tell me. And he hit somebody with a chair. You tell me. And he set up future matches, too. So he set up future income his way. Mark Madden, WCW commentator and writer back in the day, he came on the show earlier and said that Carl Malone, Dennis Rodman, in the finals, had a little bit of a dust-up on the court, game six. That was all set up by the WCW so that they could sell the Hulk Hogan, Dennis Rodman versus DDP uh, Carl Malone match that was coming up. That was all rigged. Do you think that's true or not? I think it's possible. I'm sure WCW wanted something like that to kind of organically happen, and maybe they mentioned that a few times to, to Carl and Dennis, and it probably just kind of naturally happened with the, the style of play they both had. But has Dennis or Carl commented on this? Because I don't think this is something that Dennis Robin would lie about if, if you asked him directly, like, hey, was this set up by WCW? You guys wanted to do this to kind of build some hype for a wrestling match? Don't you think he would answer, like, he would be truthful? You would think. You would think he would be. Someone should ask him. We should. Can we get him on the Kim show? Kim Jong-un. Is he, is he in America or is he in North Korea? I'll reach out to him. Well, we got to go to Weed Maps. I think Weed Maps is his mm -hmm. big sponsor. That's when he went to Jim Kong, uh, Jim Kong's crib. I think he had a Weed Maps thing on. He would say so why, why did your guy, as you call him, Jim Kong, is it, is it known now that he, what, he faked his death to see who was really on his side? Yeah, it's just like what Kim and Kanye did. Just what Kim and Kanye did. What they do? They lied to their inner circle about baby names, and then whenever a leaked baby name would get out, they knew exactly who the who the rat snitch suckhole was in the group. <laughs> get him out! Get him out! Yeah, that's a that's a proven like thing that works. It's if a good you do move. It that way, Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un goes into surgery, and then as he comes out, he's like, "Don't tell anybody." <laughs> he's like i think that motherfucker's lying tell him i'm dead nobody else knows just put me in a hole tell that one person that person goes out parading around he's dead he's dead he's dead he's dead, he's dead. calling harvey levin he's dead he's dead he's dead they start reporting he's dead i report there he's dead jim kong Un update the son of a bitch is dead the man who said he found a unicorn lair one time with a straight face is officially dead and then little do we know the only person that was dead was said person who got the information from said person that was the wrong information because he was probably fed to actual wolves while Kim Jong-un watched it and ate food while observing. So, yeah, I guess this would scare anyone's like future ambition off. Like if they wanted to somehow climb the ladder and do something to get some more Can't attention on themselves. No, you're not going to do it after this stunt, right? Can't do it. Can't it's too do it. He shot somebody with a fucking airplane missile before. Yeah. Kim I mean, Jong Un. I, I really wonder. I, I've I've read some books on uh, on him. I, I can't even say his name right now after listening to you call him Jim Kong, or I don't even know. Are some of those books the books that you read about him right behind you? No, not these. I, I've I've listened to a couple of audio books and, and read an actual legit sit down read book, which I don't do a whole lot anymore. That's my name. That's my name. Yeah. That's my name. Graphics. Would you, hey, if if Kim Jong Un <laughs> wanted you to go over and referee a basketball game, no. would you do it? No, I put out an entire uh, song making fun of him. Mm -hmm. I know much better. What if he thought it was funny though? He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been told that there's people in pretty prominent positions in Washington who have heard the song and enjoyed the song. 
Oh, I believe that 100%. Oh, yeah. And by the way, after we released this song, there's a lot of slander coming out about Jim Kong where people were popping off like, oh, the little fat man and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. Did I hit the green light on being able to troll this guy? I would like to back off of that. If Jim Kong and I were to become friends, I think I'd be able to solve all these things, these issues. You know, the meth that he deals to his citizens and all that stuff. It's a weird world over there, isn't it? No inner. I mean, you look at that map of everybody connected, and then there's just a black hole right there on that peninsula or on that island north of South Korea. It's like, how does that still exist in 2020? How does it? None of us will ever know. And that's the power of Jim Kong Un, who feeds airplane missiles to people's mouths if you don't say what he wants you to say. Yeah, he's a bad dude, obviously. <laughs> bad. No. Not that this person is a bad dude, but you mentioned something about some loaded dice in, in the NFL players, the the gambling scandal where, scandal where they may have brandished a gun allegedly and took some cash and, and watches off of people. What are, you, what are you talking about loaded dice? Okay, so I said that what I thought happened was they lost $70,000 a couple nights before at another card game, allegedly. We don't know if any of this is true. We are just trying to connect the dots that we. They been- all claim they're, in, they're through their lawyers. I know they're claiming they're innocent, and they have proof to back it up that they're going to show to the public after the judges see it. I guess. Okay. Awesome. I hope so. So, but until that happens, we have to try to guess on what potentially could have led to this moment. Because this isn't two NFL guys aren't just going to start robbing people out of the middle of nowhere. Now there had to be something that. By the way, most people aren't, but there had to be something to get to this point. Darius Butler, uh, former safety for the Colts, corner for the Patriots, runs everything DB, a podcast now. He's, I said what I thought happened was they, they won money, people wouldn't pay, so they demanded watches in, in lieu of payment. I'll take your watch, I'll take your watch, I'll take your watch, and they get out of there, right? Which I have seen done before. I've seen somebody just give up their watch instead of paying a gambling debt. So maybe that was the case. Darius said, since he heard that there was a $70,000 um, loss a couple nights before that, that the players could have learned or been told that maybe it was a dice game and they were being cheated out of money, said loaded die, dirty die, guys lose $70,000 a couple nights later. Okay, we're here to get our money back now since you kind of screwed us and fucked us over. Bang, now they rob them. I don't know which one it is, but I would assume that neither story will come out exactly how it is. We'll have to kind of piece it together. Uh, But anytime you're getting into that high-stakes gambling shit, there's a chance that all hell could break loose, and Adam Sandler found that out the wrong way. (laughs) Yes, he did. But even if there is, let's say it was a a rigged game they were playing in, it's not going to help them with law enforcement. But you would think the reason why this types of thing happen, like, I don't want to say speak for these people, but you see like drug dealers get robbed because the people robbing the drug dealers are like, well, the drug dealers aren't going to call the cops because they're doing something illegal. So they're not going to call the cops, right? That's kind of the, well, we can rob a bad guy because bad guy won't call cops on said bad decision because they're already doing something that is illegal. I would assume that Dunbar and Baker were like, okay, this is an illegal game. They did something illegal. If we go and get ours back, they won't be able to do a damn thing about it. And they were like, joke's on you. I wear a fake watch and I'll fucking call the cops on you. (laughs) So, I mean, it is kind of an interesting dilemma here that there's been a lot of NFL guys getting in trouble. Talked to Hugh Jackson last week and Hugh was like, he's surprised there isn't more of this because guys are away from the team. They're they're out of their their routine. They're out of their habits. They're out of their schedule. They're back in their, their... 
their hometowns, their neighborhoods, doing whatever. And then over the weekend, it just started rattling off like three, four, five other guys get arrested for things. And I just hope the world can get back to normalcy so these guys can get out of these environments that hopefully can get them out of some trouble. Well, anytime there's any kind of off time for especially like any professional sports, especially football, because I think it's so strict. It's so like regimented when you are in season. So, you know, that five or six weeks from the end of OTAs in your mini camp until camp, that's always a big time for guys to get arrested and things to, to happen because you're not with your team. And you're like you said, you're hanging out back in your hometown with your, your buddies. But I think now we haven't seen a ton of it up until now. It's just because where are you going to go? I mean, yeah, you can go over to, they can break the social distancing situation and go hang out with some people at a house party or whatever, but there's no bars. There's no clubs open at least up until now. I, I know some stuff has opened up. Hey, yeah, but I think that's any, what kept it kind of down a little bit until now. Intern Emmett's here. Is there any parties or any, any gatherings or is it all kind of social distancing? Uh, social distancing. Is that right? Yeah. That's not what you were saying. That's not what uh, this fucking guy. Don't play it cool. Don't play it. Emmett just tried to come in here. He thinks his coaches are watching. Well, he came in here trying to give Tim McAfee coronavirus, (laughs) basically. This weekend, he's been socially distancing a little bit too much, I think. God damn it, Mitt. That's an error. God damn it. If I've ever seen it. Wait, how did he try to give your dad coronavirus? Well, he was just every every single rule that they put in here in Indiana, Emmett was dancing with, so he'd get a little free. He ate at restaurants outside. No, he, no. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. But he was the one trying to sneak his left leg inside. It was at 50% capacity, but was it when Emmett showed up, or was it 51% whenever Emmett showed up? These are all the things. Emmett's been fucking dancing with the line of what is safe and what isn't safe way too much these last couple of days. And uh, he's the problem. Damn Emmett, you, Emmett's man. the reason why we're in quarantine right now. Emmett would be on that beach in Florida if he could three oh, weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Emmett, was, yeah. Emmett, he probably was. Were you there, Emmett? He said he couldn't come in and be an intern until a certain date. Was that whenever the beach was uh, fucking dried up, Emmett? Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm glad we have someone to blame now. Yeah. Emmett, Emmett McMahon, the reason for quarantine 2020. Emmett McMahon, that's a strong name. What about the golf thing? Did you watch it? That was riveting. <laughs> <laughs> was the worst we it was just so boring I, I, I listen the guy i never heard of matt wolf pretty good ball player i guess pretty good at golf he's Still, the biggest character of the group that's because he's got nothing to lose nobody knows him so i mean he has just, to bring the character i watched him bomb like he won the long drive early on and they were up by the way I, I was in between a couple naps and flipping back and forth with the nascar but nascar was definitely much more riveting than the golf it was awesome to see Rory and Dustin and Ricky and uh, Mr. Wolf hit the ball around, and the course was gorgeous. If I stood close enough to my television, it was like I was on vacation, you know, whenever they would stare off at the beach, which is what I love. I just love staring at the ocean. I enjoyed it, but boy, that was a snooze fest the entire time. I mean, Rory banging a closest to the pin, 120 yard in the playoff, getting six skins and $1.1 million, obviously awesome. We told you Rory and Dustin Johnson were going to win easily. They did. I got my bet in, which was awesome. But that Wolf and Fowler team really put up quite a fight that I did not expect. But it was boring as shit. And I am a little bit worried that this weekend's game is going to be the same. That's why I'm wondering, do you think it maybe turned some people away from thinking about watching the the Tiger, Phil, Peyton, Tom Brady match? Or do you think it served as 
a nice little appetizer for the main event. I just hope it served as a lesson for the people that are putting it on. Like, okay, we don't have to talk the exact same way whenever there's actual people here. And maybe we should bring a little bit of fucking excitement. <laughs> there was, you know it what was ruined great. it too, though? Uh, it ruined being on network TV that they had to go to commercial after every yeah. single tee shot, I feel like. And we didn't get to see the guys walking up the fairway together. Like, that's why... I think you tune into this to hear the conversations these guys are having. I think they tried their best. Bill Murray came in sideways. Yep. I mean, that was that conversation was I don't know ten to twenty minutes too long, but I, I appreciated <laughs> that they brought in some guests. I thought they were going to do more of that, right? Uh, President mm-hmm. called in. Bill Murray called in. Nobody else really. I thought Tarico tried his best there, but all in all, I thought it was rather snoozy. Whenever you had a chance to watch. Uh, the Kyle Larson-less NASCAR squad <laughs> take off on Fox at about the same time. What what was the NASCAR like? I only saw a real little bit. Same was exact. It, did it feel it, normal? Same exact as it always is. Yep. Same exact. Did they show the? Did they did they find a way to zoom in and not show the empty stands or what? Well, you know, there's only a couple real. And NASCAR people are going to come after me for this. I just gave you a compliment, though. So if this gets clipped at this point, I don't know what to fucking tell you. There's normally not a lot of motherfuckers at the races anyways. There's only certain races that it's filled up, right? A lot of places. What's that? Are you sure about that? I felt like I feel like all of them, at least that are televised, are jammed. No, yeah. See, that's. They'll get you that shot. But if you look towards the edge, there's empty bleachers and stuff like that. Now, granted, the big ones are always going to be filled up. But I don't think that affects the coverage as much as in sports where the reaction is needed. For instance, I don't think the NFL relies on the crowd reaction as much as college football does. College football, I think, needs that environment to make it a little bit better to enhance it. NFL does not. I think NASCAR doesn't need the crowd to enhance this situation. I think golf does on a very – I don't think UFC needs it, right? I don't think UFC needs it at all. I actually like it a little bit more when I can hear everything they're saying. I think soccer does, though. So I think we're learning throughout this entire thing what potentially needs a crowd reaction or is better with a crowd reaction versus what isn't. I would take sports with no audience – 10 times out of 10 over sports with no no sports at all. But I think we are learning which sports need an audience. And I think golf is one that could potentially benefit from having people react with a little bit of energy so it's not a fucking fest the entire time. Well, it is tough. So NBC put that on. Who was putting on the Tom Brady match? Turner. Okay, so is Charles Barkley involved at all? I would think he could help try to liven him up because you know if they're not talking he'll make fun of them and go back at him and stuff. i think ernie like ernie hosted the uh like preview little talk so i assume he's calling it which would hopefully chuck would be involved i know lefko is doing the uh like pre-game thing let's go here we go here we go nice. okay okay so we got some lefko mania coming before the golf thing yeah. and then the golf thing with ernie on there ernie hey is- why'd they carry their bags why didn't they just ride in a cart by themselves respect the game dude yeah dude gentleman's game Respect but it made game. me. It made him look like I thought they were college kids when they would hit a good shot and then they got to pick up their bag. By the way, that's what Matt Wolf is. He's a college kid. He's one of the most accomplished college golfers of all time. Zion of college golf, they said, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. not. By the way, <laughs> you know who's the Zion of college golf? Tiger fucking Woods. <laughs> and he's at Stanford. Yeah. Okay, I don't need to hear Matthew Wolf. Is the Zion? I, maybe I'm hating on Matthew Wolf too. I think you are. He seems like a, I didn't know anything about him. But he seems like a guy that could bring some character, bring some color to the tour. He had the handlebar mustache, the chest hair. He has that really weird swing, and he bombs the ball. So I think that's good for golf. Okay, I like Matthew Wolf. Nice job, Wolf. <laughs> if he was yeah. that, around. If he was that good, though, he would have went straight to the tour and wouldn't have gone to college. Well, you don't know. You don't know how he values his schooling. 
Well, you're right. Oklahoma State's where you're going to head as soon as you want a real education. <laughs> did Tiger point. play in college? Basically, yeah. I really... Yes, he did. Yes, Unwarranted so, shot so Tiger was at Oklahoma player. State. Tiger went to college. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? The, the billionaire funds everything there. What's his name, What's his name again? Guy from Stanford? Uh, T. Boone so. Pickens. Is he, he, didn't he die recently? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Who? T. Boone, Boone Pickens. Pickens. Moment of silence for T. Boone Pickens. Is this a real person? Or is this a, movie? a couple years no, ago. Real person. Number one donor at Oklahoma State. To the uh, stadium's named after. Beautiful facility. Moment of silence for T. Boone. Are you fucking kidding me? We can't even get Jeez. one minute. Who was that? Ty. Who do you think? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> What's we that? What the hell does mean? It's Ty. So I should respect Matthew Wolf more is what I'm being told? Yes. Ow. I still think I golf for a week and a half, two weeks, I could beat the guy. <laughs> Just Matthew Wolf? You don't think you could take on DJ? You might uh, need 10 days for DJ. Maybe four, maybe four weeks for Dustin Johnson. He hits the ball a long way. I guess Wolf is a real bomber, though. He's my yeah, new he, guy. He won the long drive thing. All right, Matthew Wolf's my new guy. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Wolf's my new guy. Can't wait to watch this guy fade into obscurity like what the other four hundred golfers <laughs> that never make it. This is going to be my guy. You know what's going to be the best? And Matthew Wolf, when he has like five majors three years from now, and they're going to play this clip in like a little highlight reel. At the very beginning, it's going to be you on camera being super, just just killing the dude. Like yeah, you're, but we'll you're trying to give him a answer. compliment. Yeah, but we will answer with May 18th, 2020. I say he's my guy. That's You know what I mean? We'll answer. We'll answer that. We can each selectively edit however we would like to edit. Mm-hmm. I never heard of the dude. I guess he's good in college. I don't watch college golf. I watch the pros swing the sticks for millions of dollars. Yeah. I would have hoped that another notable individual would have been a part of the snooze fest, but now that they brought Matthew Wolf, I'm thankful that's why he's my guy. <laughs> Matthew Wolf is my guy. What happened? To- why did he get in? What made him pick Nobody him? fucking knows. I still don't know. Because he was the Zion of they were thinking that maybe all the college golf fans would want to watch. <laughs> Don't you think there would have been multiple professional golfers that would have loved that spot? How about Brooks Kepka? How about, how about we get a guy who hates well, golf? Is Brooks? It was a tailor-made thing, so I think they had to go tailor-made people. Nope. Rory yeah. Mac. I found it. So Rory swings. Uh, what did I say earlier? I bet Rory wears used tailor-made clubs. Sorry, now, Ricky. Though, Nike doesn't Ricky. make clubs. Ricky is a cobra. Cobra, but cobra I guess he clubs. plays a tailor-made ball. Oh my god! So you had to have yeah, some sort of tailor made, I'm guessing, in your in your setup to be in this. Well, Brooks Kepka when he was a kid playing hockey, he always had that tailor made uh, mitt. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Whenever he got there and golf yeah. on Lake Minnetonka, yeah. that's what we need titleists to put on an event too for Brooks to play. So we Brooks can... is from Florida. Why is he Why is he at Lake Minnetonka? You know, vacations and stuff. What happened to Bryson DeChambeau? I thought he was college golf's uh, hero. Science now, science got to him. Who's that guy we hate? Oh, uh, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. Ah, could be a lot of them. We we don't think we like Justin. There's some weird allegations against Patrick Reed from like his college time. Yeah, some weird stuff. He's a cheater. What? What stuff? Stealing teammates. Steal shit. Laptops and shit from his teammates. Like the. I thought it was like on course stuff too. Oh yeah, really? Kicking his ball. Little foot wedge. See, I yeah, think, he hit his it, just like six months ago. He didn't he he ground his club in the sand. Yeah, he moved sand from behind his ball. Yeah, can't fucking do it, pal. Can't do it. Won't do it. Mm-mm. Can't do it, pal. There's no excuse. Like you can't claim ignorance either. I don't know. He, I don't know any of them. Uh, Tiger's my guy. And Matthew Wolf. Yeah. Is this son of a bitch even qualified? Does he have a cue card or whatever it is? He's won a few events. Yeah, he's hot. 
He's not hot. He fucking lost this year. <laughs> Rory and Dustin playing their worst golf. I mean, that's not bad. It's not a bad thing to say you lost to Rory and Dustin. What do you got to do? You got to go to Q school if you want to get the card and the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then you go on golf, the big break, and then you break a couple p- pans of glass. <laughs> Is that still going on? No. I, I wish. Think. It was an awesome show. It was. It was late night. I used to watch it all the time. Pat, you would have been a great subject for Hank Haney to work with. You know how he did like Phelps, Barkley, and spends all this time with him? He's a little highbrow Hank- for me, a little hoity-toity. I'd have had to slap him in the mouth once or twice, but I think we would have been, <laughs> it been good. I think it would have been good conversation. I think, yeah. everybody I think there tell- would have been – think about it, Pat. It would be the, the first week you guys would just be button heads the whole time, like, oh, who's the alpha? I'm going to establish myself as the alpha, just like you're he trying is. to do – in your text conversation with your close personal friend Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. So, that, no, that ain't what? We're both nervous. We're not trying <laughs> oh, to Oh, you're both you. nervous. My bad. Yeah, he did actually. I got a text right before he went on. It was weird. He's like, hey, man, when you're done with I know you got this big show coming up here at 1. Good luck. It's always great. I love watching it. Hit me back after the show's over because I'm not really sure what I should say, say to Pat. Maybe you have some good oh, insight. Bingo. Oh, awesome. I thought that was the Now case. it makes sense that you told me the story. AJ, we, we talked in the first show about how good my you oh, see oh, the oh. my chop block de- defenses. You see that? Let me see. Oh, terrible! You're cut all day long. No, what? not your hands. Your hands stayed at your waist. Well, I pushed the guy off. Look. Oh, you you hit the table. That's where his shoulders are. You see that? Did your you legs see? are still too close, right? Your legs are too close, right there. You're cut. You're down. No, I'm not. No, Get I'm not. Get your legs back. Look at this. Not cut, not cut, not cut. I'm still yeah, in you're the- just running in place while the ball carrier runs around you and scores a touchdown. Nah, I oh. fucking got him. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> rip, ah, rip. Oh. Anyways, how long do you think I would last in a UFC fight against a professional fighter? As long as the fighter wants to let you last? Nah, see, I think you're wrong. I think I'm in control here. So, right, Wait, are you fighting somebody in your same weight class? Yeah, would, big, would big be heavyweight. Run. It's heavyweight right now. So Francis Ngano, Daniel Cormier, yeah. Brock Lesnar. There's some big guys up no, there. No, no, not Brock Lesnar. Anybody but Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Brock will come back. He'll come back. No, no, not for right. me. No. Let's give me it, just because I'll I'll take that uh, Ngano. Ngano guy. <laughs> I don't want to. Just step I, to the side. This is just for the story. Okay, this is just for the story. I think I. You don't think I could avoid for a minute and a half before he knocks me the fuck out? Are you serious? Yeah. Look at that. Okay, what are you going to do? When he's him. swinging so, like, his arms, first off, <laughs> his wingspan is crazy. It was a deep lock. I'll pay to see it. And God who pinned. No, no, we're not actually doing this. This is something that was asked to me by God. Yeah, who... Nobody would license this. Obviously, it would. No, no commission would let this happen. Why I'm not? not signing off on it. This is just a hypothetical. Yeah, no, there's no chance you would last 90 seconds with Francis Ngannou. You could put full, you could wear your football helmet, all your pads. <laughs> every, you could take my high school shoulder pads that are gigantic. You could put them on with the helmet, strap all the way up, and you're not going to last 90 seconds. The issue is I don't think I can run for 90 seconds. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to run. Yeah, but what if you clip him 10 seconds in and it lights out? <laughs> you ever heard knee. of this? Night, night. Night, night. This is called gotta- uh, ambient, cuz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And don't let Advil PM get fucking involved oh. in this. Take two of these. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll give you four pills if you need it, bub. Here, rotate your wrist. Rotate, turn your wrist back out now. Keep doing that. Face Somebody got me earlier for the fucking uh, Ray Finkel plunger. Jim Carrey last week. It's not a great <laughs> gift.
Amb- so your right hand is Ambien, your left one's Advil PM. Yeah, yeah. They'll both put you to sleep one faster than the other. I did. You know what? Oh, Ty brings up a good point. I did not think of what could the. You have a puncher's chance. That's what they say. So what if you clip him the first 10 seconds and then you pounce off? Well, I definitely will not clip him within the first 10 seconds because I am running for at least 30 to 45 seconds. But whenever I get to the point where the cage, you know, kind of has me, I'm kind of in a spot and I can't run anymore, then that's where I'm throwing everything I got just trying to catch it. And, yeah, I understand that there's probably one coming back. But if that connects, I win. And when it's a double it knockout. You're both going out. <laughs> That's but I'm on the That's cage, so I can't fall as yeah. fast as he can because I'm up against the cage because he's cornering me like I'm a wildebeest. So I'm still standing. I'm out of my feet. He's done. Who's the winner? Nobody knows. How about one punt to the, like the thigh to him? Uh, I feel like leg no kicks chance. would be your... He wouldn't even flinch. Leg kicks hurt me. <laughs> you don't think he's been leg kicked harder than you could leg kick him? Oh, I don't know. I, mean, I understand. Your, your quads are good for... For absorbing leg kicks, I think, Pat. I'm sure you could have a hell of a leg kick, but not anything compared to a professional fighter. Hmm. All right, head kick, then. Okay. Are head those kick. professional fighters moving soccer balls 124 fucking miles an hour? <laughs> Answer that, AJ. Is that really happening? I, don't, I might be wrong, but is that happening? No, they're kicking through people's legs. That is true, because when Mitrione kicked me in the thigh, almost took me down. I kicked him in the thigh. He kept his little bounce thing. You know what I mean? It's a you watch Gaethje. Didn't you watch Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, a couple, what was that, a week ago? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gaethje's yeah. leg kicks are absolutely nasty. Like, guys can't even stand. Well, you're supposed to kick with your shin, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So, I mean, if I'm in one of them fights, I guess I'm going and kicking bamboo like I'm Karate Kid for a while. Probably. Yeah, you got to deaden the nerves. Yeah, I'm probably taking this thing and just yep. cranking yeah. it. You know what I mean? Oh, I Why don't we start out today? Let's start today. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm just, the question was, how long do I last in there? And I think I could run and potentially avoid. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Avoid, avoid, avoid. I mean, if you're avoid. on a football field, I think you could run. You could maybe make it to 60 seconds. But he's going to get you. I want to let you know, you would never in a million years cut block me. <laughs> I w- why would I even try to cut? I would exactly. take you high all day. Huh? I would never cut you. I would go high all day long. I would never take the easy way out. Bro, I would. I would. He would. Cobra strike you in the fucking face. <laughs> he would. It would be a fun skull, collision like because we would both be. It, both our foreheads would meet as our hands were shooting out, and it's like, okay, let's just see. And we both get dinged up, and we're both holding each other up as we're slightly unconscious. <laughs> oh, oh, good. All right, good job. We pat each other back. Oh, all right, see you next play. How many dances have you had with guys where it's like, all right, who's letting go okay, first? Easy, 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 easy. And both go, all right. <laughs> 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 because you're two professional athletes, okay, two meatheads, and you're about this far apart from each other, staring at each other, hands locked in, mouthpieces potentially in. I got you, I got you, I got you. I got cool, 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 cool. Easy, easy. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, don't be like these dumb rooks you have. Come on, easy. And then every once in a while, whenever you go to let go, one person will hand swipe, you know, uh, so they win. The you got to hand swipe him, and then you push off, and like, all right, next play, we got a headbutt again. Ugh. <laughs> uh, uh, every time I got blocked on kickoffs, I took it as such an honor. But yeah, I, I would. But I knew at the end, I was going to win at the end of the film, you know what I mean? So, like, as we were standing up, like, easy, 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 whenever the play was over, I was going to do at least <laughs> just a little something so it looked like it was on film that I was trying, you know what I mean? Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. How mad would those guys get? 
especially if they kind of did take it. If you were doing easy, 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 you guys are kind of finishing up the play like that. And he's like, I could have dumped this dude. And then you chop and you rip off him like sprint. <laughs> you sprint five yards. So and from, fuck you. Like, I, I, didn't, I by the way, I've never even thought about them. Because usually it's so like, I'll wait until at least their head's turned. You know what I mean? So they don't even know that I'm just strictly flexing for film at the moment. Right hey, now. you know that stuff, the stuff that you do, and I'm sure you w- would agree with this. When a punter does something like that and he's like doing a dick move like that, engaging and ripping off to try to look good at the end of the film, that's the prime thing. That, it's like one of the first things the special teams coach on the Monday leading up to your game will put on. Like, hey, look at this dickhead. Don't get caught up with him. Don't listen to him. The dude thinks he's funny. He's swam in a river. Who cares? You not, you take him down. Do not listen to him. He's going to try to butter you up in warm-ups and make you think you're awesome. And He's going to mention something to like give up, make it a personal connection between you two, but it's all an act. And he's going to try to make himself look good at the end of the play, so just take him out. Don't I, mess with him. Don't listen to him. Don't talk to him. Just put him on the ground. I feel like this is something you heard said by a special teams coach because I had a lot of guys come up to me, and they were like, uh, oh, we watched your film uh, on blah, blah, blah. They would say something in warm-ups or whatever. I'd be like, oh, it's going to be a long day. You know, Hopefully you don't kill me. And they're like, hopefully you don't kill me. We saw your film on blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you guys watched my film. Like, oh, yeah, we, we watched every single tackle that you had three times this week. And it was said, like, don't get tackled by him if you get tackled by him. I'm like, okay, so I'm definitely getting blocked this week. That's what that means in my head. I couldn't even think about who's coming to uh, potentially assassinate me, though. And, you know, I looked at it as a compliment, but that was my MO. Everything you just said there is basically my MO. Look at this dickhead. He's going to try to win you over, (laughs) and then he's going to ruin it at the end. That was literally game in, game out. little sportsmanship, little gamesmanship. You got to do what you got to do. Well, you're a professional. I, I think that is a compliment for a coach to, to say that to his whole special teams room. Hey, listen, don't fucking. This guy, he might look a little pudgy this year. He's a little bit fatter than last year. This is what he's done in the past, though. Let's remember that. And you're coming to block him. Don't let him do. I was great at O-laying, folks, too. Oh, That was one of my oh. big mo- You can't do that on defensive side. You have to square those blocks up. I used to be able to just go, whoop, see you later. <laughs> Nothing happening here. Whole different world. Uh, so for like uh, when, when a team's basically about to like kneel the ball, is there like a safe word that's said that you know that not to like go full speed? AJ, because when Greg Schiano came in and started doing the dive at the <laughs> knees during the victory formation, obviously there were some people a bit perturbed by this whole thing, telling Schiano to get the hell out of the league. Basically, this is like something that's respected. It's not a forf- It's basically a forfeit at that time by the defensive side. Were you ever a part of a team or a situation where a player was like, "I go hard every single rep, no matter what, even if it's victory formation"? Yeah, I mean, I, I in some situations like that when the, the offense is kneeling it. I played with Mike Daniels, who's in Detroit now. I think he may a few times may have dove at the ball. And Mike's one of those guys that's like, I play hard all the time. Check out his Instagram sometime. That he's posting all kind of workout vids out there for you. Like, he's an intense dude. And I think he may have jumped once. And then, like, there's always a couple vet O-linemen. They're like, come on, man. They talk to the vet D-line. Mike, man, get take care of this dude or we're going to kill him. Like, that's what they basically <laughs> would talk to the rest of the defense. And then guys are like, all right, this sucks anyway. The team's kneeling the ball on us. But, yeah, I think it is kind of a – I don't know. I, I was torn when Shiano did that, and then Shiano like stood up and like, "Well, we're going to do this. The game. There's still minutes. There's still seconds on the clock. We're trying to win this game." And I'm like, "I don't know. You got to cut back to some footage of the last time someone was successful knocking the ball when the center had already started the snap." Has that? Have you seen that on film where someone's gotten it? I've seen it in practice. We had a D lineman that was very quick. That when the ball would go up, he was able to get it. 
by the time ball leaves ground to taint, guy was able to slap it in practice. And I was always like, is that legal in the game or whatever? And I never got an actual answer. I'm not. It is, it, but you have to not. You have to not go offside. So like, he, you got to time it up exactly right to where the and the center has to be super slow with his snap, and you have to get it once the ball starts moving. Then you can get your hand in it and try to get enough on the ball to knock it loose and then try to dive on it. I just haven't seen it happen a whole lot. I'm sure it has. I almost had to go out and take the kneel down in Miami when uh, Charlie Whitehurst blew out his hamstring. I almost had to get out there. Were you nervous? Well, it would have been my first ever snaps under center, and it would have been victory formation during a uh, time period where we were not winning a lot. So uh, all I could think, and I think Indomitian Sue was on the other team. Ooh. So it would have been me under center with Indomic and Sue sitting right there. And I would have loved to heard what came out of my mouth right before I lined up there. Would you have danced around for a little bit before you took the knee Wait, like to that. waste some more time? <laughs> now, when guys do that, I think they are free game to go after them. Well, and they're trying to kill their offensive linemen. Yeah. Just exactly trying to right. kill them. Completely trying to kill them. My offensive linemen are the ones that are going to they, – they're the ones that lose their mind when the defensive linemen will start diving – at everyone's knees trying to get the ball on those snaps like that's who those guys will jump you my favorite is when they have to move forward because there's no place to go backwards to take your knee so you got to run like a quarterback sneak while everybody's trying to not look like they're quitting on football and it's just like one big cluster fucking any fall down that's probably what i would have tried to gain some yards on my rush would you try to draw them off with a hard count probably I mean, it, you would it, definitely get your own guys off sides. Well, they full start. You got to remember, my guys heard my cadence every day in practice. You know what I mean? When I was going, hot! but the, um, hot, hot! the, uh, if I see the white of his knuckles, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know he's coming. If it's red, I know he's relaxed. Mm-hmm. If he's on a, if he's on the edge of his knuckles, I'm going to bring him. I'm going to bring him through it. Who's what D lineman's not wearing gloves? Well, <laughs> <laughs> This is what they told Rudy. Isn't it? Isn't it what they told Rudy? Vince Papali. But he was off Vince Papali. There it is. It was Vince Papali was told that. Hey, Rudy got a sack. Did he? Come on. Did he really? In the movie, yeah. Has anyone fact checked that? He's got a big old sack, dude. Didn't happen. Oh, it didn't, Ty. No. Pat, do you have a cadence when you were a punter? Oh, yeah. Are you calling it your your PP doing it? No, whenever I was uh, field goals, I have cadence. What was it? Let's hear it. Well, it depends. What's it on? You tell me what we're on. It's what, on two. What, what's the – give me the distance. Give me the time. Give me the situation. Who was a 35-yarder in the right hash. Right hash. Right six right. minutes in the fourth quarter. Fourth and four. What's the score? Tie game. Fourth and four tie game. Oof. Okay, so I'm definitely trying to get them to jump offside so we can blow at least a little bit more of the clock before we kick it off. So I'm probably going on – did I go on two earlier? If I won on two earlier in the game, I'm hitting them with a three-piece, which, by the way, is Ursay Ursay because he's got three daughters. Okay, so uh, the call the call would be Ursay, and I would come out and drop a nice little – what hash are we on, right hash? Yep. So it would be blue, right, because if this thing goes to hell, we're rolling to the left. Uh, blue, blue, set Try to get him on that one. No jump. Let's do a little bit of time here then for the second one. Sit! You sit! Then the th- second and third one are fast. Back and forth. Because if I get him on the second one, I want to make sure they don't get back. Do you I, know beforehand that the second and third are going to be that fast? Uh, yeah, normally in practice. It, we practice it every single 
every single field goal in practice was either on a different number because it's more so for granted you have to have a kicker that's able to do it vinitary but also the offensive line has to be very very conditioned to doing it because if you take a 35 yard field goal and make it a 38 or 40 yard field goal not that big of a deal you take a 47 yard field goal and make it a 52 yard field goal you 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 better go ahead and just walk it right back to the locker room <laughs> and just act like you got nothing going on but yeah, I felt good. They used to come after me a little bit. I had to adjust because you couldn't move your hand or your head anymore. So it was just strictly gut. So the fatter I got, the more I moved. So I had to get a little bit thinner. When we were wearing blue jerseys, it was a lot easier than when we were wearing the fucking spotlighted fishbowl white jerseys that we were wearing. I mean, it was a lot of those things. But yeah, try to get a good read on them. Try my it's, good. it's interesting to hear how much goes into it. Well, I got a lot of people offside, to be honest with you. I feel like I had a pretty good cadence, but I also got called a couple of times, and Vinatieri wasn't pleased whenever that would happen. I would always tell him, that's a bullshit call. You know it. I didn't even check the film. <laughs> check the film. Yeah, well, it, the best was when they used to be able to try to jump over the center. Like when I was in college, our, our snapper would snap yep. the ball, and his move was to jump and try to punch the guy in the balls. Yeah, Not jump, but he would, his head would be forced down, but he would – throw his hand up and always just be punching in the air to try to punch that guy as he's jumping over top of him. Yeah, their little job was trying to get him right there in the sack whenever they're jumping because then it'll make him crunch at least a little bit. Jamie Collins did it to us, and it was too far. As soon as I saw him roaming in the back, I was like, oh, no, we got to change his cadence to on two, but I'd already been into the cadence. It was like, what do we do? What do we do? And then he, I saw him timing it perfectly, and I was like, oh, well, we're fucked here. <laughs> and he did. He jumped over as the ball was being snapped perfectly, blocks the kick. I try to chase it down, the whole thing. That's a scary situation for sure. Well, they can jump, but they have to be, like, in the A-gaps, right? And they can't touch anybody. Like, you can't use your hand to assist yourself. Your foot can't even nudge any can't lineman, propel right? yourself you have to be within um you have to be within the front line so you have to be within i forget the total distance you might know it i don't know maybe six inches or something like that and you can't touch anybody on the way up or the way down and you can't line up directly over the center that's uh, the snapper that's a penalty too that it, they call sometimes yeah so he came from the second level and then he just so happened to time it up. So if we really wanted to fight this, which I'm not sure what the rule was at the time, he was lined up over the center as he was snapping this. So that potentially, with the modern rules, gets reversed. But I think back then they were kind of in the adjustment period. That was back whenever the long snappers, either this year or before that, were still getting crushed. I mean, long snappers used to get crushed. Their just head, snap it and they'd have two guys that would take them all the way, but they'd end up on their back with two dudes on top of them. And their heads would be straight down, and these dudes would just be absolute, just 600 pounds, double push sometimes on each of their shoulders. And they were like, well, they changed the rules. Everybody's like, oh, long snappers are so fucking soft. It's like some of them were holding 1,200 pounds worth <laughs> of force on their shoulders and their neck while they were doing it. But there's always going to be ways to get around it. Jamie Collins was one of them. Hey, do you think I had somebody tell me years ago that they think there should be a show on NFL Network, ESPN, whatever, that is strictly special teams? Like, do you think there's a, a thirst for that out there? Yeah, I mean, there's so much knowledge that hasn't been told about special teams. Do people want to know, though? I think I've made a pretty good career off of it. I think the For the Brand videos, I mean, one led to a Wall well, Street Journal article. Well, that's because of your personality, though, and who you are. That's not like some guy 
meticulously going through special teams plays. Well, I mean, if Jay Feely was doing it, probably nobody's going to watch. Ben Stein, nobody's <laughs> yeah. going to watch. But I think it, it all is in the delivery of said information. Some professors are worth a damn. Some aren't. In their delivery, I believe, would be everything. Jay Feely took a ricochet shot he wasn't deserving of. But I'm just saying, I don't think a lot of people knew about special teams until it's articulated in a fashion that's like, oh, this makes a little bit more sense to me as opposed to the, you know, all the other bullshit that has happened over the years. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it may be all right. People are people love to hear like that's why I mean I I'm curious about ways that you looked at special teams. Like I said, I, when I was thrown in there, those guys played mind tricks on me and would mess with me, man. They they were like they were such a tight group. I feel like they had so many tricks. Bill Belichick is a guy I'd like to hear talk about special teams. He will. That's one of the few things I think he will elaborate on. I'd like to have a conversation with him about special teams. And he would remember, like, every punt you ever had in college and the NFL? They worked me out um, strictly so that Pat White could have somebody punting balls to him, which is interesting. That's a great opportunity for you. I thought so, too. Thought I had a pretty good day, too. Turns out I did not. <laughs> they did not. Well, who was the punter? At that? Who was their punter then? Uh, I think they got Zoltan Mesco at the time from Michigan. They were that was lefty. back. They love lefty punters though. Not anymore. They're past that because there's too many lefties. So now there's a bunch of lefties. Uh, back whenever there was no lefties, it was a smart decision because the ball turned over the opposite direction. You can make a return or have to think about something. Anything that can kind of cause a little bit of a glip in the uh, consistency of something you would do. But now there's a bunch of lefties, so it's not really that normal anymore. Not really that irregular, I mean. Anyways. Yeah, I guess. Um, linebackers. Everybody said linebackers are uh, the next ones out of the game. Kickers and then linebackers mm-hmm. are next. What do you mean? Well, you don't see any linebackers getting big paydays anymore. You don't. See oh, inside backers, no. You're not a whole lot. You're right. So what, is everybody just going to become a nickel on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, as far as like where offenses are going, you're going to have a bunch of these hybrid safety linebacker guys that you can kind of be in, be, in between. There'll be like a big safety that can come down the box, but he's also a good cover man where you feel comfortable putting him on your tight end or slot receivers. He's not a corner, but he's a big safety, and those guys are very valuable now. Isaiah Simmons, they said he's going to lock in a linebacker, I guess. instead of, But as a linebacker in this modern day and age, he's going to have to play safety. They're going to rush him off the edge. He's going to have to drop back. I mean, Isaiah Simmons is the prototype that everybody will be looking for moving good forward. For a th- What's that? Good luck. There's not a whole lot of people that are born with his – physical stature and able to run what sub four four and play every position on defense how long what what do you run a four three or four three eight believe four three eight he's like six four two thirty something two forty you know they said michael jordan ran a four three eight in north carolina did they really oh yeah that's what they said i don't know why would you time a basketball player in a 40 so roy williams can lie <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me, pal. Sounds like a bunch of bullshit. If he did, I would guess that's the last forty Michael Jordan ever ran at, when he was at North Carolina. No, he used to run all the time. That was the thing about Michael down Jordan; he ran all the time. What was Space. his time down the uh, first base path? That's probably a good way to judge What's it. What's that? Sixty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a question. Wow. He, ran, he ran it for his first thirteen games of his baseball career. That that fun little fact gets left out a lot whenever people talk about him playing baseball, being a bad baseball player. He was a stud baseball player. He was righty. He was righty, though. Yeah, I'm talking about me playing baseball. Oh, yeah. I know. That's still a thing. It is still a thing. Have you heard one single player come out and say Blake Snell wasn't speaking exactly what we were all thinking? No, they're all agreeing with him. They all think this be a bunch of sack of shit malarkey. They ain't going to have a league. 
So what do you think is going to happen? I saw, I read something where it talked about how much has to go into it for these, for baseball to happen. Like there's a lot to get together and they don't have a whole lot of time. Three to four weeks. They have to get all the governors and mayors to say, yep, you can play here. They got to get the local television and local radio people an ability to cover it. However, they're going to cover it. You got to get the baseball players to agree to not only a 50% salary cut because you're only playing half the games, but now a 50, 50 revenue split, which is allegedly 33% more done. Then you take into taxes. You're going to make the players have to accept 10% of what they think they're going to make for a shortened season. And uh, it's all has to happen within the next, three to four weeks i just don't see it happening even though i want baseball to come back i'm not 100 sure they get this done without replacements and if they need replacements what have we been saying this whole time me and you we're ready what position are you playing i'm uh, i normally start at right field whenever i play but if they need perfect me to, i'll go center okay you're gonna have to run a lot more but if they need me to pitch i'll pitch too you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I think I might need to be the closer. I don't think my elbow and shoulder can hold up like it used to. Are you coming out of the? You're coming out of. The, what's your song that you're jogging out to? I'm sprinting. No, they're just going to replay. I'm going to sprint from center field to the nice. mound, and then John, you got to send someone from the dugout to center. John Rocker. What's the song going to be though? I don't know. Brad Michaels. Oh mama, I'm in fear But I'll be. I'm already at the mound by now. I'm already at the mound. It's going to have to be something that hits real early on because I'm going to be at the mound in a split second. Oh, you're saying you still got the juice. You're going to be there fast. We don't have all day, pal. We got a quick run. What, no yeah, warm-up pitches? I'm going to sprint pitches? there, and then I'll be out of breath for the first, like, eight pitches I throw. Is this the thing right here? Uh, this is one. This one right here? Yeah. <laughs> What's this for? This is the fuck? You do look comfortable, Lefty. You really do. Thank you. Swing. I want to see it. Oh! Jeez. Oh, did you hit the it's table? No, what the TV. did that hit? It's the TV. Look at the table. It's got marks on it. Is that from the bat? <laughs> no, it was the TV. We were about two inches away from a cracked screen. Yeah, it's a home run! <laughs> that telestrator's cheap. Boys, we're all good, boys. Good hit. That was a fucking hack. Good hit. <laughs> what did you hit? Room. Thought I had enough room. That's what happens when you play sticks in here. <laughs> Guys. Oh, mama, I'm in fear. <laughs> the touchscreen almost got it. We're good, hey, though. Pat, but there's, you mentioned all of those stumbling like, blocks that could be in the swing. way. Good hack. Good that shit. was a good hack. You're right. But didn't you have you read like the protocols, though? They're, the showering is discouraged for what? the players in the, in the clubhouse. Shower pill. It, when they're, if they're in the clubhouse, uh, they got to wear masks until they get on the field. There's no high fives. There's no dip. There's no sunflower seeds. Wait, no chill. There's no Gatorade t- tubs. You got to have your own individual things. Like, There's a lot of things in place. Also, if somebody tests positive, what do they do with them? How long are they quarantined? All kinds of situations going on. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. If they can't chaw, they will cancel the season. It's like Toro. They already said no seeds, no dip. I wonder if that means no gum either. They're going to sneak that in there. I, I mean, you need seeds and dip for this. I don't, I don't want to say that tobacco is a big part of baseball, but I feel like anybody who's seen baseball knows that a massive hog in the side of a face is something that. Uh, Golf, about, too, now. Golf is huge for dippers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's the worst. I don't understand why. I'm terrible. Well. It's because they can do it because it's something you can do while golfing, while playing baseball. Smoke a cig. Guys used to dip while they're playing football. I can hear stories about that from the. The 80s and the early 90s, guys would play with a dip in. Things are bad for you. My guy, Janikowski, the best. Did he do it? Yeah, he jogged up to me. I'm outing him kind of here, but I guess <laughs> it just adds to the Janikowski 
him and Leckler came jogging over to me pregame first time we were playing against him in Oakland, and it was after I got in trouble. So Janikowski thanked me for being the drunk kicker now instead of him. <laughs> he goes, ah, thanks. And they got big old. I mean, I've never seen a lipper as big as I've seen on those two jogging over to me. It was incredible. Just Edelman always has bombs in, too. Go on both. Whenever he told me to. I was Wait, like, How do I get? Please do. Please tell me what he said to you. Well, I asked him. I was like. He said, thank you, or whatever, for me, like, uh, becoming the bad drunk kicker or whatever. And I was like, this substance of abuse policy is terrible. They're testing me eight times a month. I can't do anything. I think my life is ruined. He goes, go on cruise. What they do, land on boat. And I started dying laughing. And I was like, bingo. So I went on, like, three cruises that offseason or whatever, and here we go. That's how you get around it. And then the lockout happened, and I love Janikowski and Leckler. I absolutely love those men. But that, that was one of the biggest I've ever seen on the field of play jogging up to me when he was talking to me. Yeah, how would you feel if you were playing and you fell and, like, your elbow went to a big old puddle of dip spit? That happens all the time. People, you, you do um, – Happens in practice a lot. Oh, bear crawls. Dip, a lot of coaches dip too. Yeah, coaches dip. I mean, that spit is everywhere. You got – like, there's been a couple, like, play 60 events I go to where – in the exact place that these kids are rolling around in, I, I saw a coach probably puke and spit in there less than 12 hours before. It was probably field turf, too. That's the best when guys spit on field turf. I'm like, let's play 60, but let's also wash for at least 60, 70 minutes each one of our fucking hands that are in the middle of a cesspool right now in this field. I mean, it was a wild scene out there. Um, some other things we should talk about that obviously happened. Frank Reich is very optimistic that Phil Rivers will spend multiple years with the Colts, so he's not going to be a high school coach just yet. Nobody knows if that's true. Can't even really talk about it. Premier League clubs have agreed to resume training this week after Bundesliga had success, as well as the NASCAR and golf. Lakers will open their facility after getting clearance from L.A. County government and health officials. Here we go. Feels like we're... Coming back to life, and big shout-out to the golfers, NASCARs, human cockfighters, and the soccer players this weekend who put on an absolute show for all of us. Wait, so how did the Lakers in L.A. County get okayed when all I hear is people in L.A. freaking out because they supposedly extended their lockout or lockdown to, what, August 1st? Yeah, another three months, three to four months. I guess um, the thing about the Lakers is if there's a chance to get a, you know, a stimulus check – they're going to do it. Right? Yeah, we know it's, California needs – they need money too. Well, the Lakers got $4.4 million for that uh, payroll. They gave it back. Cover. Yeah, they gave it back, but they still had to fucking apply for it, right? So let's not – yes, very noble to give that back. But at some mm -hmm. point, whenever they applied for it, I mean, that's – it's ridiculous. But Four, $4 billion franchise. The Lakers, the Lakers do whatever the hell they want. They provide us with a lot of entertainment. I would assume – that they said, hey, other cities and teams are going to be able to get back into their facilities. 22 of 30 allegedly were supposed to open today. The Lakers were like, you, you have to let us in there. I assume the Clippers are saying the same thing. I assume there's a big, long guideline set of rules on what they can do to get back in there. But I think if the Lakers want something to happen, they're, they're going to make it happen, just like they did with the stimulus check stuff. How is that? Why, why is the NBA different to where – there's teams going back and coaches going back at different times. And the NFL is saying, like, no, even though some facilities are opening up to other personnel, coaches are not allowed in 
until they're all allowed in, it seems like. Well, I think the NFL is doing a rollout where 50% of the building is allowed to come back. There's never allowed to be – there's an entire process. I would assume that the NFL owners are much more pissed off about potential advantages from cities that are in the middle of America as opposed to on the coast. That's why they also have more time, though. I think the NBA is dealing in much tighter time constraints as opposed to the NFL, especially if they're trying to resume last year in a tournament style. So I think that's why they're kind of pushing for it to open quick as possible and maybe putting a little bit pressure on the teams that can't open it. The NFL, though, you know that if all it takes is, what, two owners to be furious and for them to have to hold something back. But I assume the NFL will also dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge their way right into season going off without a single hitch. Yeah, they will. And I, I think it's it makes sense, though, to not let certain coaches come back in while other coaches are stuck at home. I get it. Like, Sure, is that a competitive advantage? I don't know if it's really going to show on the field next year, but I, I, I understand why if you were a coach stuck at home for an extra 40 days, like you'd feel like you're a little bit behind the eight ball. How is it different uh, for like, they, they wouldn't let the UFC come back in California. And I would assume there's more people that would be at the, like an NBA facility. How is that different at all? Like why would they let the Lakers open up their facility, but they wouldn't let those UFC fights go off in California? Well, why are you allowed in a grocery store, but not a restaurant? Mm. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't want to say, hypocritical things happening but there seems to be a lot of things that directly oppose other things that are going on and i think it's because we're in an unprecedented time where nobody knows what the hell is going to happen and i would assume that everybody i don't want to say everybody's just pulling things out of their ass but it does feel as if things are just getting pulled out of asses at this point and just being like yep this is smart i have said since day one how come i'm allowed to go into this grocery store where everybody can finger fuck my food and it's packed. Everybody in the entire town is in this grocery store because it's the only place you can go. But you can't go to the restaurant that's two doors down that's going out of business because you're not there and you can't order food. Just the entire thing has not made much sense. And I think history, five years, ten years from now, will ask a lot of questions about things the way they've been handled. Yeah, I mean, I guess they'll say, well, you can go to that restaurant. You just have to get takeout. You can't sit there and eat it. But it doesn't. You're right. It doesn't. I don't know. None of it I makes don't sense. Don't shut, down the, don't shut down the grocery stores, though. Can't, can't do that. Can't shut down the grocery stores. Can't shut down the pharmacies. But can't shut down Amazon. But can shut down every small business that's basically downtown. I mean, it's just, there's, it's very. Does this change? Like, let's say people in the future are thinking, like, they're coming through this and they're young and they're, they want to start a company or whatever, or they're thinking of going, trying to get a job. Does this change what kind of avenue you may go into so you – if something like this happens again, you want to make sure you're an essential worker so you're not laid off, you're not how fired? Are you, how are you fiscally responsible enough to plan for something like this ever again? I think that is more so the question, right? Yeah, like, like how do you how do you find a way to scratch away savings like every month? No, but I'm talking about as a company. I'm talking about as a company. Like yeah. as a business, I think we're learning a lot about a lot of businesses. Now, granted, you know that the restaurants and bars, local stuff that we see on a regular basis, many of them are living month to month, bill to bill, just trying to survive, right? That's why supporting small business is so vital because they have no idea which day will be their last day open. But I'm talking about the companies themselves. I'm learning a lot about a lot of big companies that haven't been fiscally responsible to their employees where they're living literally month to month paying everybody out. And these are companies that are these massive conglomerates of companies. Just absolutely, their spend rate is so high that as soon as something goes wrong, it's like, well, now we need a bailout or we need to furlough everybody or put everybody out of business. It's like, 
shouldn't you at some point have some sort of duty to your employees? Like, hey, if something was to go wrong, you'd still be able to have a job? Or is it like, well, it got us, it got you too, fuck it, let's move forward. I, I, I just think there should be a little bit more uh, expected of these people that run these big companies that if shit was to go to hell in a handbasket, you'd be able to at least afford people's salaries for a couple months instead of just kicking them out into the ground for all their years of work. Well, yeah, this is going to reset a lot of people's minds on how they think about it, especially if you have a big company. Well, first off, the first thing that's going to go is a lot of overhead, a lot of unnecessary overhead that people had, office space, like, all right, well, we're going to sit down. Well, we got 40% of our workers that they can work from home. Like, we don't need to have office space for them, so we'll free up some some cash there. And it it just, yeah, I guess going forward, everyone's going to have to think about that a little bit. And I don't know, man. Yeah, hopefully nothing like this happens again. How about about Jim, Jim Cash Penny? Oh, JC Penny? Oh, no. Sports Illustrated. I didn't know they were still around. What's that? Sports Illustrated's in trouble right now. They, uh, one of their owners just spoke at an investment uh, meeting and said that they have enough cash to last until April 2021, but after that, it's questionable. You get put on Michael's list. Bad things happen. April 2021. Yeah, they shouldn't have said that thing about his baseball. Uh, you know what I mean? If Sports Illustrated doesn't do that thing about his baseball game. April 2021. They're, so they're saying if we make $0 until April 2021... They're going to make money after. How does Sports so, Illustrated make money? Through just selling ads on, online, though? Like the magazine, is there, there's a physical magazine still, right? I would oh, assume yeah. they're subscriptions. They got podcasts, I'd assume they sell. I would assume. Yeah, they do. They do. You're right. It's all advertising money from their content they put out now. They got money till April 2021? Well, you should be good then. Don't you yeah, think you can come up with a plan for the, hey, the next 11 fiscally, months, whatever it is? Hey, fiscally responsible to their employees, by the way. To be able to, Sports Illustrated is able to withstand a, what, two up to, however many months is that? Four more, five more, six, they got seven or eight more months or whatever. They just got a $5.7 million loan through the payroll payroll protection program last month, too. That's more than what the Lakers got, by the way. Wow. But think of, you were mentioning businesses that aren't fiscally responsible. What if you're a young company that it was a startup and all of a sudden you're starting to blow up, you're starting to to exponentially start to hire because you have so much work and you're building and you're building and all of a sudden, bam, COVID comes and shuts you down. You're not going to have any reserves to take care of people. Oh, yeah. Some startups laid off a lot of people in uh, Boston. A lot. Starbucks then? No, some startups. Startups. Like these startups companies. Oh, yeah. Well, startups are in a bad spot. But yeah. once you become a company, though, I feel, I don't know. Even the ones like there's. We could get into this for yeah. a long. I'm yeah. not going to. Just because I think a lot of people that run businesses are full of fucking shit. And they shouldn't be teaching anything because they're just completely fucking over their employees. But I digress. It's a different time for everybody. A lot of people in the uh, comment section are asking for us to respond to Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, what has happened to Big Ben Roethlisberger? There must be some Big Ben news. Excited to hear about this from the boys. What's going on with Big Ben? We unfortunately cannot play the video because it has copyright music in it. But it starts with a video of him on a plane saying, I'm not shaving or cutting my hair until I'm back throwing again. And someone asked him, like, throw into a toddler? Or blah, and he's like, no, like throwing NFL throws with my teammates. Then it cuts to him throwing NFL throws with his teammates. Then it cuts to him getting a haircut. What's his hair look like? Do we have any pictures? Or yeah, can you, can't you play the video and mute it? Yep. But it just doesn't do it justice. Just, I don't know absolutely. if you'd be able to see it, though. Well, just, just show a still the shot. It looks good, though. Afterwards. Oh, okay. At that's, that's underscore weird. Big Ben 7. I've been blocked from this account, so <laughs> I cannot see it. looking jacked. 
He does. He looks thin. He looks jacked. You remember, he went after Jay Glazer a little bit ago for going after his off-season workout routine. He said, hey, Jay, I do more than just yoga and drink beer, pal. I'm coming back from Tommy John, and here's me slinging the rock to old Switzer and Juju. And then I go into a barbershop while they're wearing gloves and trim down the Grizzly Adams beard, and I look like a brand new man. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's 25 years old. He looks younger and thinner and better than ever is Ben Roethlisberger coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. A better Ben? It sure looks that way. And are the Pittsburgh Steelers ready to make that run in that march to the stairway to seven? Yeah, I mean, I am emptying out the bank account on FanDuel for it. Because of this video? Yes. Ben is Where is he looked- flying on the private jet? Where is he going? He's, Wherever he wants. To so Florida probably to throw with uh, or to California, wherever Juju and Switz were. Well, that was after. He was that was he, he was cleanly shaven, so I guess he was flying home. To Pittsburgh. Sorry, they're throwing in Pittsburgh. So where was he flying from? That was, I mean, that was after his that was sur- when he was surgery. saying, I'm not going to throw until. So it was probably on the way. To that was a year surgery. ago. Oh, the plane was an old video before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because he has short hair in it. I oh, thought it was after. So that was that's behind that's, the scenes. That's what he's like now. Yeah. So everything I just said was wrong then? Yeah. Didn't you think, Pat, that's what he looks like now, that the, the plane shot? Yeah, it literally just cut an entire promo that he's going to come back better than ever because of how good he looked in yeah, that video. It was really the end when he demonstrated the video. Yeah, I mean, you boys definitely set me up for failure there. I mean, you put me in the same spot as this fucking uh, this t- television whenever I'm swinging a bat. You guys put me in a bad position. Though. So is there a, is there a shot of him post-haircut yes. in this video? Where's that at? Zito showed it at the end. No, that was him getting his haircut. Yeah, that's it. So they don't have a shot of him actually with the haircut? So when in the video is he in the airplane? In the beginning? The beginning beginning is whenever he's going to get his Tommy John surgery. So at the beginning there, he's actually at his most injured. He has a broken elbow in that video, the part where he looks his best there. He looks his absolute best. His elbow is broken, and he said he's not shaving or cutting his hair until he's throwing a football again in this particular scene. Is that accurate? Yes. I have not watched myself, but I cannot say. I said yes. Okay, so perfect. So then he shows... You know, the beard and the rehab and the entire process. Now he's playing catch with Juju and Ryan Switzer, and then he goes and gets his haircuts. Big Ben Roethlisberger's all the way back, and he's probably feeling himself, if I had to guess. Correct. Okay, now I'm glad we cleared that up. I wasn't really sure what was happening there. So is the beard completely gone? No, he just trimmed it. Just trimmed it. This is a big story. (laughs) This is a big story. Cole Beasley changed his number. Cooper Cup changed his number. Ben Roethlisberger, who once promised to not get his beard or hair trimmed until he recovered completely from his Tommy Yawn surgery and was throwing footballs again, is now cutting his hair and throwing footballs again. The Pittsburgh Steelers fan base is rejoicing at once. Congrats to Big Ben on getting through a grueling in painstaking rehab of Tommy John and had to watch Mason Rudolph and Ducky Hodges last season. I think the Steelers are in a good spot all of a sudden. I now yeah, know what it feels I, like I to have a kid. Like I know what it feels like to have a kid, like to watch the baby come out and then be handed to you. That's what I felt watching that video. The haircut? Yeah. And then the, the other one's the OBJ tweet. Yeah, then Odell Beckham Jr., um, I believe, reacted to a Miles Garrett tweet. How OBJ thought spanking the cop was going to go was when Rodman, after he got into a Carl Malone, smacked him on his ass. Malone smacks him on his ass. Little horseplay, keep it moving. Odell Beckham says, wait a minute, Miles Garrett. 
That wasn't even the worst part. The worst part was I got charged with assault, and you somehow didn't. <laughs> Only in America, what he's referring to, Miles Garrett taking off Mason Rudolph's helmet on national television and playing whack-a-mole with Mason Rudolph's head in Mason Rudolph's helmet. No charges were pressed there. He was suspended, got re-upped, signed a new deal. Welcome back, Miles Garrett. Can't wait to see you on the football field. Odell Beckham Jr. is like, excuse me, we're smoking some cigars. We're celebrating, a little ass slapping, hand clapping, and all of a sudden I get a charge pressed against me. Assault. what are we doing here? I mean, he has a point, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, only, but do only, they? Does that happen where you get charged with assault and something happens on the football field? I know hockey; it has happened, stuff like that. Well, the thing about this is, I don't think America is the only place uh, that this would be the only place that assault would would be charged with. I think. Well, it's like a saying; though. it's like only in America. It was just for effect. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you were to go slap somebody's ass in Iraq, I think there's something probably going down. Probably mm-hmm. get your hand off. Probably, yeah. if I had yeah. to guess. Maybe. Depends who you smack, I guess. How about Russia? You go over there to Putin, you go, hey, uh, let me smack you butt. Yeah. No good, way. Good luck. <laughs> Wait, what? You, Is that your Russian accent? Yeah, I tried to find it there midway through a sentence. Couldn't get there. You know what I mean? Just couldn't get there. Let's try one more time. Let me smack butt. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get back to your Sebastian Janikowski. Go on, butt. What they do. He's the best. He speaks a little better English than that. He has an accent, though, for sure. I mean, oh, yeah, he does. He's awesome. He's the best. Janikowski is the best. Kicked for 29 years, it seems like. He said, I was going to retire. They pay me more money. I kick. (laughs) (laughs) Did he ever lose any strength in his leg? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Wouldn't he still attempt into 65 yarders? In his they actually season? sent him out there for like an 80 yarder. And it was 30 (laughs) yards short or something like that. But the fact was, he was so strong that when he got old, he still had it. Because you're going to lose. As you go, he was just so strong. I mean, there were stories coming out of Poland whenever he hit a soccer uh, goal on the crossbar and it knocked the goal down. I mean, there were stories about his leg strength way back in the day. The Polish, the Polish cannon, I believe, or whatever mm-hmm. it was called. He had an awesome quote, I think. Whenever he got in trouble early in his career, they asked him, like, oh, what did you learn from this? And I think he said, well, I had a Raiders decal on my car. I know I should have known better than to have that. I know I'll take that thing off my car now so they can't, like, identify me. Smart. Something like that. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. That's very smart. Janikowski said a lot of things back in the day from what I've been told. There's a lot of Florida people who have come out and said, like, best partier they've ever been around, Sebastian Janikowski. I guess he used to just be awesome. Is he from Poland? Yeah. Leckler told us a couple stories. He, he came over as an exchange student in high school, and then he stayed, obviously, in Florida State, became a legend, almost won a Heisman. You get it. But um, Leckler and, and Janikowski used to live together, and they said they'd be going – Leckler told us that they'd be going to practice in the morning, and they would have to step over the bodies of the people that were partying in their house. Didn't even know who they were, just kind of told them, like, hey, lock up when you guys are done. <laughs> Janikowski and Leckler would be heading to practice out there. Two of the greatest of all time, too, by the way. So the fact they were able to pull that off, I respect it. Yeah, the fact that – the best, too, is – like, don't you think Michael Jordan played in the perfect time for him, the era? Like, he played to where – Cell phones were a thing. They became a thing, especially late in his career. But social media wasn't around. So, yeah, Jordan couldn't go anywhere. He was mobbed no matter what he's doing. But he could go sit and play cards for 15 hours without a bunch of kids standing on the rail trying to take pictures and tweet it out. Like, he was still able to somehow live his life, but it wasn't all put out there. Been using the pool a lot, by the way. Wow. This weekend, hit the pool, did some Yeah, how'd, how'd it go? You know, I, feel, I forgot how your entire body gets an exercise whenever you're working out in a pool. I woke, I, I, I took a nap watching that golf thing. And on the other side of it, 
my body was sore in places that I didn't remember that could be sore. And that's because I was working on the breaststroke, you Ooh. see. The did you actually, like, work out or did you just swim around? Whoa. What do you think I'm doing? Just fucking playing games here? I swam well, yeah, some Are you using your shot. pool for leisure or is it a, a strictly a workout? Nothing I do anymore is for leisure, okay? It's either business or f- performance. When I got <laughs> in that pool, it was for both, okay? I did, I did legs only. One over, legs only back, upper body only over, upper body only back. I got up, I ran actually across the pool a couple of times. I did some breaststroking. I did some uh, freestyling. Ooh. I did the backstroke. I even did the spit like I was a dolphin <laughs> while I was doing it. I mean, I got after it in that pool for performance. Do you heat? Are, are you heating your pool right now? Yeah, the pool was it was like a uh, it was like a baby uh, baby pool down there. It was like it seemed like everybody peed and it. it was very warm. <laughs> oh, it was it's good. It's not cheap to do that. I'm glad you have the the wealth to make it happen. Did you get any water jumpers in? Do you got a basketball hoop in there? I do have a basketball hoop in there. How'd that go? I'm not fucking playing games in there, Foxy. Oh, come on, I'm not in there to play games. Jump off diving board. Oh, you jump off that diving board. I'm there for game. I'm not there for games. Uh-uh. I'm there to swim and get in shape. Uh-huh. I want a low-impact workout for my knees, so I go into that pool. Yeah, there was a basketball hoop there. And yeah, there was a ball that looked perfect. And maybe I should have practiced maybe some hook shots for whenever somebody comes over and plays a game of horse against me in my house, in my pool. Maybe. Maybe there was a diving board there that looked absolutely scrumptious, and maybe I go and do a gainer off of that thing. But that's not what the pool's for. The pool is for exercise now, so I'm no longer fat. And I just want to let everybody know, I would have wore my E25 Raycon earbuds in there, but I just didn't get a chance to put them in. And hand up on me. Uh, Pat was in the deep end, which is like, what, 10 feet-ish? 12. 12 feet. And he was on the bottom and then jumped all the way from the bottom out of the pool onto the concrete. And then I sent me the video, and I accidentally lost it. So Yeah. Oh, Tony. Go in your recently deleted videos. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I was planning on breaking the internet this weekend, jumping out of the pool, sending it over to Diggs, my friend Diggs, who's the host of the pod. And all of a sudden, bang, gets deleted, never to be found. I'll have to do it again sometime. I will. I want you to film this. Like, either take a GoPro underwater with you or maybe have Sam set up a camera and just time-lapse the whole workout. Well, we're filming a documentary currently. Mm-hmm. On you? For our last dance. Yep. What's your – what happened? Are you up against a timeline? Do you have cancer? No, we, we don't know. No, we never know. Never, never we're know. just filming now. You never know. Until, until Billy kills everybody? Is that what you're doing? Yes. Oh. Essentially. Oh, I mean, Come essentially. What'd you do this weekend? You do any exercising? You look like you're glowing. Are you pregnant? Yeah, I might be pregnant. I don't know. But, you know, it made me, got me thinking, though, because pools are going to open up, at least in Ohio. There's some pools that are going to open. And I, I assumed two weeks ago, I'm like, there's no way they're going to open pools up, are they? So I've seen a lot of people scrambling now when they thought girls and guys both thinking like oh i'm cool like i don't i don't have to go to the pool this summer i'm good to go i can just stay with my winter bod now i see a lot of people ratcheting up their workouts because they're like oh no the pools are opening i'm gonna have to go be in my trunks yeah i had my personality bod going because i thought quarantine was potentially going to go on forever but now as they're starting to open those doors you got to get rid of the personality a little bit and try to trying to find a little don't puke in public type thing you know what i mean and that's what i'm in that pool for well you're but you have your own pool so it's not like you're ever going to public pools Bingo. like us minions well, yeah, you have a hotel. I'm sure you have a, a, a pool over there. Olympic-sized. The I do not have a pool at my house, no. Well, then this – what? What are you Why doing? Do you Don't you have that? kids? Okay. 
Yeah, that's why I don't have a pool. I don't want them falling in, or I don't want one of their uh, friends running around falling in. Okay. Good point. See, I got Stafford. raccoons and stuff. They like the water. Oh, so you cover up your pool. Just get a bunch of floaties. But you got oh, yeah. Well, I know. There's a lot of different security measures you can take. I get it. And they say the pool, by the way, not good for resale. And it's in, I'm in Ohio. I can use it two and a half months a year. Mm. Hey, is that we're really in the middle of those months right now, though, over here in Indiana. Would right. be nice. And I enjoyed it this weekend. The ear held up well, too. No hole in the eardrum. I mean, we're in a good spot over here. It's just a matter of time until you're trying to do something off the board. Like, you get done with a nice workout, you're feeling good, you get a bit sloppy on the board, and you smack that ear again, that hole comes back. What would you say? Wow. I mean, you're putting that out in the universe. I don't love it. But. And you're walking crooked for three more months. Tim McVeigh's got a little vertigo issue right now. He's yeah. trying to roll the the, uh, the balls in his ears back. He trended this weekend again with Lil Duvall. Shout out Lil Duvall, who Tim doesn't know, but he put out on Instagram about him. <laughs> I think the issue might be I get too comfortable in that water and start looking for me to go off the deck yeah. mm. or off the roof. Ooh. That's my big problem. I've been watching too many parkour videos. <laughs> hey. Like, dude perfect. Like, you're a dude perfect guy. That's who you are. No. Um, check out the uh, check out the parkour rabbit hole. Though. Oh my god, I did it this weekend. Zito is in a parkour rabbit there's hole. There's a guy who dies. Oh, and they yeah. don't. And they put the video out. And there's no coverage afterwards of this guy falling off this cliff. He's got his hand wrapped. He's had previous injuries. Okay, and he wants to do a mick twist on the edge of this cliff. He does a mick twist, and then he stumbles, <laughs> goes to grab something. Since it's taped, doesn't stick to anything. Falls down. No reaction from the rest of the people that are on said cliff. Upload. But you see, and then the video cuts, and then wait, who's filming? Nobody ever knows. It's just like bystander one. Did they go to? Did did they extend a hand to try to help? No, no, no. They just let him die, and then. By the time you think, like, is that guy dead? Boom, another video pops up of somebody fucking doing a gainer off of a bridge. I mean, the parkour people never quit. You get into a parkour rabbit hole, you're going to be like, these superheroes need to chill it out a little bit. I'm surprised everybody doesn't die. I lifted my head after five hours, and I was like, what just happened? Yeah, so I've been talking about it here for a couple of weeks. I've been in that said rabbit hole more than one time, more than I care to acknowledge. The parkour kids of the internet are a different breed, man. They are. How is there not a documentary on these kids like Free Solo? Don't talk to Ron. Maybe. We well, should. are they making money on it? Like, I guess the top YouTube ones are. I'm there. If I could buy something, I would buy it from this one particular house that is pumping out just murderous content on a daily basis. One of them's going to die. They're not going to care. Wait, there's is there multiple parkour? players in one oh, house that's what oh, they do i think they got like little rival little parkour like park yeah they got little rival parkours they're jumping out they're running off rocks differently around there these sons <laughs> of bitches who can wild. die the fastest bro these oh. sons of bitches are wild dude they're <laughs> running off rocks differently <laughs> uh, i mean it's true get into it if you get a chance, get into it tonight. They, I have a little bit. I get stuck in some rabbit holes on YouTube. I could, that's one I could easily see myself bro, jumping get, into and be like, man, I wish my knee felt better. Man, I could probably do some of oh, this. No, oh, yeah. hey. Don't think that. I'll get down there on that trampoline. And I'll start doing the Mick twist. I'm like, I could do this off of oh, a building no. if I had to. Yeah, just need how much room? Yeah, I got it. And that's going to be the death of me, I think. My trampoline's going to kill me just from double bouncing my kids and <laughs> neighbors' kids. Like, that thing takes its toll on you. That is not low impact. Yeah, really? No. Well, maybe when you got kids, you just chop. By the way, that's why. Ha ha. Ha ha. Now we have come back full circle. That's why you should have done the drills. There you go. You're getting your hand there. Hands down and put your feet back. Like, it's all in one fluid motion. But you got to do it going sideways. So I need to see you going at like an angle downhill. 
No. Like, start here, shuffle downhill at an angle, and then... Listen, I don't need you telling me you can't even do it to the neighbor's kids on the trampoline, okay? No, I wouldn't. But I have caught a few kids in midair when you double bounce them too high. Go, oh, oh, he's flipping. You got to catch him. (laughs) (laughs) That does happen. I like trampoline. You got to take some Dramamine, though, whenever you get on there at our age. Honestly, I thought something was wrong with my brain. I'm start jumping, and I'm like, "What? Do I have vertigo? Like, what's happening?" I'm up in the air, and the whole everything spins. Yeah, you get motion sickness. I, I realized that when I got my trampoline. I was because when I was a child, I was on trampoline a lot, and I thought, uh, not mine, but friends' trampolines around our white trash neighborhood. And then, <laughs> whenever I got my trampoline, I was like, "All right, awesome! I'm gonna do this. It's gonna be my thing." And I get on there, I start doing all the flips I used to be able to do. I'm like, "Still got it. What an animal!" And then I, I started jumping. I was like, oh, my God, I'm starting to get sick. And I was like, this is the exact feeling I get in the back of an Uber in New York City. I was like, am I car sick right now? So I took Dramamine or Dramamine the next time. Bingo. All good. You just got to get ready for car sickness when you're on that fucking trampoline. It's good to know. I never thought it. I'm glad there's somebody else that has the same issue as me. I thought it was just me. Well, I don't have any kids. I'm just doing it for myself. So <laughs> that's kind of a problem. Uh, it's fun. I agree. It can be fun. What could- you, I love how you said you jumped on, you started doing flips. Still got it. No big deal. Still got it, by the way. Even bigger than I think it when I was a kid because I'm a little Just got to have your medication. Hey, I can fly around. People have seen it on the... Hey. Oh, you can. I've watched you do backflips off the ropes and stuff. I used to be able to do standing backflip. It was my party trick. Like, just out in the middle of nowhere. How do you do... I always wonder the progression. How do you do that for the first time? Uh, so, I did it into a crash pad. Huh. So... You didn't have someone there kind of assisting you? No, no. I would just do it into a crash pad because... Some I saw somebody do it. Somebody did it somewhere. Maybe at a party. Somebody did it at a party, and I was like, "That's awesome. I should do that." <laughs> and then I think I probably went home that night and, like, on my bed, like, tried to do it. And I was like, "Oh, I'm close." Then I think the strength and conditioning staff at West Virginia. I asked them for a crash pad because they were chaining the gymna- uh, gymnastics as well. I was like, "You guys leave the crash pad out." They're like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "Just leave the crash pad out, please." <laughs> And so after the workout, I went over there and I started trying to do a backflip in the crash pad, like knees slamming off of it. You know what I mean? And then one of the uh, strength coaches was a former like all American gymnast. And she was like, all right, here we go. Let's go. If we're going to do it. She started doing the like a little bit of a help thing while I'm in the air. She knew that there was no way I was leaving until I got it. It took me like one day really of the person flipping me. And then that night I got intoxicated and I was like, let's see if it works, boys. And I just went for it. And then it became my party trick until I tried to do it off of a wall one time. You know, I tried to do like the Jackie Chan <laughs> off the wall. And I right on my back because I slipped. And oh. that was it. That was all she wrote for the uh, the party trick. That was uh, that was enough for me. What does the party do when you try to run up the wall and flip and you fall? <laughs> well, just think about, I mean, you're thinking about the, the reality of it. But think about what they would have done if I hit that run up wall back flip. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I what kind of right parties after, are you at? I think it was after a flip cup victory, too. Like, I'm assuming I <laughs> bang, nailed it, run over, let me hit this backflip off the wall. Instead, bang right on the kitchen floor, just me and my back, and there was quite a, ooh. And then I think I probably got escorted out. <laughs> what ha- like, so what, what happens if you land it? You think does the whole oh, party just oh, lose their oh, mind oh, and fall oh, down? Keep your stuff oh, oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And probably, Champagne I mean, it's probably going ape shit. But instead, the opposite happened. But, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I had done plenty of backflips at parties after finishing a flip cup round. That brought people to their feet. It was inevitably going to fail, and that particular evening was it. And, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was... 
I had to walk it out. I just had to leave the party. It was like when I asked the lady if she was pregnant after drinking with her for a couple hours. I just got to leave. I got to see you later. And I've never talked to those people ever again. You slipped, too. I mean, that's not saying that. If you run up to that wall right now, you might be able to do it. I didn't slip. I didn't slip. I was just... Did you, wait, was that your first attempt ever at running up the wall and slipping? Yeah, yeah. You just got caught up in the moment? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a big moment. It was a big moment. What do you want from me? I think we all want one flip. I'd oh. assume we all want one flip, and it was potentially somebody we didn't like we were playing against, and it was just like uh I'm, I'm no backflip expert, but like, would the wall be easier? I think in my head at the time, I thought this would be a lot easier if I got something to help me here because yeah. I seen Jackie Chan do it. Jackie Chan used to be able to just run up walls. I could do a regular backflip, but how about the one off the wall? And I went, I did a full run. Imagine sprinting towards a wall where there's no, no door, by the way. Like, and people's reaction was like, oh, what is this guy doing? Is he about to run through the wall? Nope. Right foot up on there. Right foot up on the wall. Push. And then he flat right on the back. Oh. I couldn't even, like, now that I'm thinking about what other people had to be thinking, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> they had to be confused as to, like, once the, all of a sudden, and then poof, you're gone because you had to walk it off, you had to leave. Yeah, I wonder They're if the party like, just ended. There. So, what was his goal? There's no <laughs> way that was, like, to push off the wall and land on his neck and head. That guy's the kicker for the team. Oh, oh no. As you're sulking away. Yeah, let me, ah. Uh, uh. Uh, woke up the next morning boys what a night <laughs> why am i so sore oh you don't remember oh yeah let's not talk about it let's move on let's just not go to that house ever again by the way it was a loud smack i think it was a good sell you know what i mean it was a good bump yeah. until you go back as a 33 year old and you land that jump with all the new kids that live in that house yeah. and you're the absolute man No, no. I was trying to find a wall These I think that was secure enough to give it a go here. Oh, I've been in that studio. All of those walls are secure enough. No, <laughs> no, they are not. Every single one of our walls is falling down currently. Wood's falling off back here. There's things falling off down here. This shit's falling off the wall over here. We are not secure over here, but I was going to give it a go there for a second. That poster is on the wall behind you because there's a hole underneath the AJ. Yeah, that, you are covering up a hole in the wall here. Yeah. Oh, what happened? You swing a bat or a golf club in there? All right, this show's over. No, it fucking fell apart, pal. Jesus. Oh, my bad, pal. Oh, wait. He's trying to do the flip, I bet. There's no way you could do the flip. Like, I don't think you're ever were athletic enough to flip off the wall. All right, see, now, he, now he's enough. doing it. Enough, I'm 250 pounds. Give There's me no two way. months. Give me two months. It's easier being heavier to do no. that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Think of the power you can get uh, off that wall. Yeah, it's easier to jump whenever you're heavier. Those That's little parkour guys probably weigh 150 pounds with right, skinny little this? legs like Emmett. How about this? Two months. Wow. Two months from now. Emmett. Emmett does have tiny little fucking legs. <laughs> Same with Evan. Two months from now. Yep. What is that? July 18th? Yes. July 18th, I will do an off-the-wall backflip and a regular backflip. If I do, you have to donate $20,000 to a foundation of my choosing. Uh, No. <laughs> what is the deal? Well, I like to keep my charity under the under the radar. I don't want to publicize that. Uh, it's a bet, though. You're, all right, just give me the money then. Okay. Twenty k. Is that a bet? Yeah. Send me your Venmo name. Well, Cash App. Okay. Cash App. Yeah. Either or. We're not. We're not. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them both. True. We'll, we'll use them both. So we got twenty thousand dollars. Two months. I got to do a backflip off a wall and a standing backflip. 
I mean, I'd have to I'd have to sign a contract if we're going <laughs> to truly make that bet. Oh no, no robberies now. <laughs> what? Shake his hand. Contracts right uh, there. No, I'm not shaking your hand. You're not going to bully me into a bet here <laughs> on live YouTube with your spit. Thought you were a Rust Belt kind of guy. I promise you, I would donate twenty thousand to any charity of your choice if you do a backflip off the wall and you last ninety seconds in the cage with Frank. No, 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 I know that's how it goes in your life, but no, not on this show. That's well, not I'm not works. fucking. I'm, there's no way. I I would like the only injury that I could sustain be from me, not from somebody else. I, but I you started the show saying you could last 90 seconds with one of the scariest heavyweight MMA fighters of all time. No, I said what? Hypothetically, how long do I think I could if I had to last? I said I think I could run. For 90 seconds. I think I could elude him for oh. 90 seconds. I thought I could. He's not trying to take you down. Don't worry. You don't have to protect your legs. Well, good. I'll hit him with a whoop. <sighs> you got to learn. No, you need to learn some. You need to go work with some wrestlers and learn how to take him down if you want to last. No, I'm going to try to stay without touching him for 90 seconds. That's gonna good be luck. Anyway. His so wingspan spans the whole cage pretty much. Probably good at ping pong if I had to guess. But the, um, <laughs> maybe. Two months from now, standing backflip, backflip off the wall. You'll donate, yeah. Yeah. All right, that's the show. We did it. The greatest sports talk we show on the internet <laughs> from one to two recent standard time. So oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Stop! Stop! We gotta do Emmett's minutes. All right, you go, Mitt. We gotta do Emmett's minutes. Come on, Mitt. Have Mitt. to do it. Can't have the show end without Emmett's minutes. Mollet Mitt's back on a good Monday. I'm going to be honest. He struggled early, earlier today. He got something wrong in the first sentence, which we could have never, ever guessed. Uh, but I feel like he's going to hit his stride here. Ladies and gentlemen, Mollet Mitts minutes. All right. Pat McAfee is now texting friends with Aaron Rodgers. Bingo. Uh, that's, about... that's technically not even true. So he might have already eh, be off the rails. Kind oh, of is. Nice. You're right. Don't worry about him. He's in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about messaging first and choosing the right GIF. We talked oh, about it. No. What? Are you kidding Are you fucking kidding me? fucking kidding me? I'm fucking believing oh, it. It's the music. It's over. Hit it. I mean, it's. Fuck! Oh, oh, God, oh, God damn it. Everyone The boys on YouTube It's McAfee and Hulk. It's McAfee and Hulk's post AJ used to tackle quarterbacks. That's the butter of the bucket for the 2010 kicking piss missiles to the sky. He was close though. We have a guy who is a big football mind. He's head coach of Cleveland Browns, was at the Raiders for a while. Now he's selling tequila. I mean, mm -hmm. this guy, oh, yeah. and he knows just about, and he's making waves currently because a trade in 2018 by the Seattle Seahawks to the Cleveland Browns was allegedly on the table for Russell Wilson, and he said that he has never heard of anything like that just earlier today. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, Hugh Jackson. Hey, Hugh! Hugh! What's going on, man? Not much. How you doing? 
Hey, that that thing is so close to your face. Right now. <laughs> I mean, it is. Hey, you are. Yeah, it's, people are going to come after you there. How's there life? What are you up to? Where are you at? What's going on in Hugh Jackson's world? I'm a little bit everywhere. You from Miami to Woo. Cincinnati to Arizona. I, I've been doing a lot of things, and obviously want to get back to football when everybody else does. But but truly enjoying my time with my tequila business. So that's been great. What's the name of your tequila again? Let's sell some. Brandly Enda. Organic, 100% USDA organic tequila. Ooh. Yeah. We got the, uh, we got Blanco, Silver, Ooh. Anejo. Ooh. Extra Anejo. Oh. Extra. Yes. And we're going to have a real special treat by the end of the year. Okay, let's go. That extra Anejo will get you going on a different level. Are you <laughs> seven year. Hey. Seven year. Aged. It's like a bamboo tree there. It takes, a little, <laughs> it takes a little patience to get there. Uh, you know, let's talk about, because you literally just broke some news on our phone while I was in the bathroom while you were coming on the show. Hugh Jackson, it says, says he knew nothing of a potential Russell Wilson trade from Seattle to the Cleveland Browns while you were the head coach for the Cleveland Browns just a couple years ago. Is that something that I would assume the head coach would be told about? Absolutely. I think there, so, too. There's no way that that happened that way. None. No None way. whatsoever. No way. There was the rumors, too, that you and Dorsey were potentially not on the same page when it came to personnel and stuff like that. Is that that's true? That's not true. Not true. I, I, no, not at all. I mean, that that's the fun part about this. <laughs> People are going to spend things the way they want to. That's the talk now, but that was never the case. Yeah, because that's not how... I mean, granted, there are many a story of coaches and GMs not being on the same page, but whenever it right. comes to quarterbacks, potentially Russell Wilson being quarterback, that is definitely something that would be said to Hugh Jackson, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns team. Absolutely. I mean, wouldn't you think you'd have to let your head coach know who's an offensive guy, who's a quarterback guy, that, hey, look at here, this is what we might be having an opportunity to do. That never came up. Russell Wilson would have been a great quarterback for your offensive style, though? <laughs> Oh, he would have been amazing. But at the same time, I mean, who's going to let one of the best players in the league go at that particular point in time? You're paying the guy an exorbitant amount of money. We have the first pick of the draft, and everybody knows we're probably targeting a quarterback who we feel real good about. It just doesn't even add up to me in my mind. Okay, so let's talk about some other moves that people could potentially make. Cam Newton is still on the market somehow. Now, mm -hmm. quarantine has got to a point where nobody can get their hands on his foot to see if he's healthy. Nobody knows how he is mentally. The videos he's been putting out, though, have looked like he's about to be an absolute terror. Whenever you were the head coach or you're with an NFL team and this type of situation would happen, what is what has been holding people back from signing Cam Newton? Why is it I, is it strictly the what you just said, Pat? I think everybody wants to know about the injury you know because of what's going on with COVID-19 you don't get a chance to bring these guys in the building and check them out or work them out whatever that is because he's in a situation where he could work out I mean he's no longer with the team so you don't get that verification you know real quickly by seeing a guy being around a guy getting a feel for a guy that normally you would have in past years whenever you're going through an NFL season and you're coaching and you see a guy on another team, whether it's on film or on game day when you're watching them, and they're potentially going to be a free agent later. Do you have a list of those guys? You're like, hey, whenever we play, this guy gave us fits. This guy gave us a problem. And you tell your GM, you're like, hey, if this person gets on the market, let's figure out a way to get them here. Is that something that happens with almost all coaches? Oh, absolutely. You're always looking for a chance to better your team. And if there's a player there that you think fits 
your uh, particular style, the environment, the locker room, hey, you go for it. Was there anybody in the AFC North that you played against that you were like, you know what, I wish that guy was a Cleveland Brown? Oh, there's a, yeah, there's quite a few. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, who is somebody that you watched? And you were like, you know what, that person would fit in good with our culture and how I want to build this team. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward. I mean, those guys were phenomenal. I mean, having to compete against those guys. When I think of Geno Atkins uh, being in Cincinnati, I mean, A.J. Green, who's somebody I coached. I mean, there were so many really good players in that division that I wish I had a whole bunch of them back <laughs> in that time. Imagine you just going up to uh, whoever the GM, Dorsey, at the time and just with a list of guys and be like, all right. I, I think this will work right here. I think this will work right here. Um, Cincinnati, you said you had some time there. You went in uh, with Marv uh, to be an advisor or a consultant or whatever the role is where you're getting paid from another team but working for another team. Um, they, they now have a – which happens all the time in the NFL. They, they now have a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow. They decided to get rid of Andy Dalton. Is that strictly because of the cap space, or is there a thought that when you have a young quarterback, you want to empower them to know that, hey, it's their job, it's their locker room, it's their entire thing? Or do you think bringing in a veteran behind a young rookie like you had with Tyrod and Baker is a smart decision for that rookie quarterback? I think it can go a lot of different ways, Pat. It all depends on your football team. You know, when I think of Cleveland, our situation, we had had no success. And so Tyrod Taylor gave the locker room hope. I mean, everybody knew that Baker Mayfield was going to be the future, but no one knows what he was going to do in the National Football League. So you have to give the locker room hope. As you know, you've been in the locker room. They want to know that you have a chance to win oh, yeah. on Sunday, Thursday, or Monday. In the situation in Cincinnati, obviously Andy been the established quarterback there for a long time. Under Marvin Lewis, you have a new head coach, okay, who's going to want his guy so he can put his stamp on a particular player. So those kind of things start to happen. This is now the new head coach's guy. So it's not seen as Marvin's guy anymore as Andy was. So, mm. you know, there's a lot that goes into those decisions. But at the end of the day, you hope every decision is made is about can I put the team in position to win? That's the most important thing. When you were watching these guys, you went and did some stuff with Herm Edwards down at Arizona State. So you know the college game a little bit. You want to get back into NFL coaching. I assume whenever you can take visits and stuff, somebody's going to have you in your room because your wealth of knowledge and your experience. But when you're looking at those college quarterbacks, there was a big conversation now before the draft. It was like, okay, Joe Burrow's clear number one. Uh, the number two and number three quarterbacks, it's either Air Bear, Tua, or Tua Air Bear. And then there was a bunch of lies coming out during draft. Everybody was lying. And, and it was like, Tua, it would be irresponsible to draft Tua in the top 10, people were saying. And then Air Bear's going to move up in front. Somebody's going to trade up to three. How much of that lying does a lot of people know about in the building? Like, when you're the head coach and the GMs and scouts are doing their entire thing and you get to draft week and you're just reading these things on whether it's pro football talk or you're watching on TV, you're like, what the hell? Do we really hate this guy? Or does everybody kind of understand that this is how it is? Like, everybody's just going to lie. That's how it goes. You said it, Pat, because no one wants to give anybody an idea of what they're doing because you don't want somebody to trade above you. Now, obviously, being in Cleveland, we had the first pick off the top. <laughs> you, don't to trade, you don't want anybody to trade you know, above you. You don't want to give away what you may be doing You know, in case somebody wants to put something together from a package standpoint to go get a player's. Information is really important to keep under wraps. Now, 
putting out bad information is really good, you know, yeah. making sure that you keep people off of what you're trying to do. And a lot of that does go on. Yeah, I mean, they got me hook, line, sinker. I thought, <laughs> I thought too, it was falling out of the top ten. You, I'm like, this poor guy. He's got a hip. He's got this. He's going to drop out. And then now, number five to Miami, like they said, literally six months ago. Um, okay, did you hear about DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar? Yes, I did. Okay, obviously, sad situation. You never want yes. to see somebody who has their entire the entire world in their hands be in a situation where a semi-automatic gun gets pulled out. But in a gambling world, I think anybody who's been in a locker room understands that you know some things do get a little bit contentious if somebody doesn't want to pay, and you just got to hope that those things get resolved quickly. If you're the head coach of DeAndre Baker, who is allegedly the guy who pulled out the gun and everything like that, what are you saying to him? Because all you ever hear teams say is, we are reaching out and gathering in information what are those conversations happening between team and player when it gets in trouble and are they actually just gathering information or are they trying to figure out okay how do we protect him as much as possible and see if we can get him out of trouble no you're trying to say you can get him out the building oh. without an fopa jumping you okay. you know you most coaches don't want to deal with that i'm just being very honest with you i'm really surprised pat that there's not more of that and i hate to say it this way going on right now not because of there's bad players. I just think the players now, they're not in their normal routine. They're not in organizations and cities where they play football. There's different anxieties and stress. You know what that's like. Guys oh, yeah. are used to routine. And so now all of a sudden they have more time. They're doing more things that they normally wouldn't be doing right now. And I think everybody, every organization needs to have on their thinking caps on how to keep these guys under control until they can get them back. Because I'm sure there's things we haven't even heard about that's been going on because this is totally different for everybody. This is a different type of anxiety and stress for players right now. Well, and you got to think a lot of guys, and this is just from being there, the beauty about an NFL locker room is you have people from all walks of life. But whenever young guys who maybe aren't established in a place and they're not able to be in the OTAs or in the workouts, they're back in the neighborhoods that they work their asses off to get out of, right? So that is, they're back in the neighborhoods that they work. And I said, after your rookie season, it's the first time in your entire life that you have any freedom. Because in college, you got year-round training. Whenever you're in high school, it's year-round training. Then you get to the NFL and you have the full rookie mini camp, OTAs, training camp, season. Now you have money and you're told, okay, you have three months months now to go do whatever and that is when all hell breaks loose normally it did for me it did for many of other people and now i didn't even think about that during this they're all at home and they're just being asked to zoom in and it's like yeah i'll do that i didn't even think about it. that's 100 percent right hugh that is not something that's what you just said though they're back in those environments that they tried to escape you know they're back to being places and around people that maybe not have, are good for them in these environments and all of a sudden all it takes is one slip up like this and it could be your career so that's what i'm saying i would think coaches want to make sure that they reach out to their teams and this is a huge huge lesson as to what's going on you you just talked about how like that you potentially find a way to try to get them out of the building is that pat always says be who you can afford to be is that the same for like a guy like deandre baker who was a first round draft pick last year or are they trying to maybe build around him and maybe mentor him since he was a high draft pick? Well, when you pull a gun, that's different. I mean, that, that, that's a whole different level. Hey, what else is happening, right? I mean, that's like, if that's what... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, what what is your organization really going to stand for? Because if you let it go and you keep a player there and you, like you say, put people around them, 
but what happens the next time he's in that situation, you know? And so now you're, you're counting on a guy to be a huge member of your football team who may not be. So that, that's concerning. That was a sad story to hear. I mean, I had been in card games that have gotten pretty large, but there's never been that type of contentious environment, but you could see how it could happen. Then when you hear about it, it's like always like, damn, and these are not, by the way, this is not the first time this has happened. This won't be the last time that this has happened, but it's sad every single time it happens. You, but but Pat, you said it, you know, what's different though. And I think you keep hitting on it. The environment though. I mean, when you're with your teammates, that's a whole different argument. Yep. Then when you're with, with some people that you're, you don't really know, and things get out of whack, you know, because people are coming at you a different way. Players respect each other for the most part. Yeah, we get into arguments and disagreements, but at the end of the day, no guy wants to hurt another one of his teammates' opportunity and chances of being on a team, making his money, and taking care of his family. How about, okay, since you brought that up, this Mike Tomlin allegedly gave an envelope to James Harrison. James Harrison said it wasn't to re- reward me and he didn't say he would give me money if I hurt somebody. I think if it did happen, it was more like Mike Tomlin saying, hey, you're probably going to get fined for that as maybe like a laughing, joking moment. I might be wrong there. How do you feel about how that entire Bounty Gate thing kind of unfolded? And then obviously Greg Williams was on the squad there. How? What was his kind of reaction to how that, because it changed a lot of things. I used to give out a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks if a guy would tackle somebody inside the 20 couldn't do that anymore i mean it, it became a very different locker room all of a sudden well you said it i i would be surprised you know and, and i don't know i didn't see the conversation i heard it uh i just don't know if it was in a like you said a joking manner because hey you probably are gonna get fined here yeah hey buddy boy this might help you out for a second it probably was all in fun and game you know but i think so too out, and now it's a big deal i get it i think so too well hugh we can't thank you enough what's the name of that tequila again Grand Leenda. Grand Leenda. There's the Onejo. The Onejo Blanco Reposado. Oh. <laughs> there it is. Oh, baby, is that beautiful? <laughs> hey, did you go in, did you help design the bottles and everything? Or were you no, like No, I didn't help design the bottles, but boy, I sure did make sure that we kept the bottles in there. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hugh Jackson. Great conversation with him, man. Hey, how's it going? Whether you're working remotely, taking web classes, binge watching television or gaming, Dell is here to help you find the right tech. From XPS and Alienware computers that are redefining what's possible with 10th gen Intel Core processors to the latest top brand electronics, our seamless tech solutions will help keep you connected. Plus, get free shipping. Call us today at 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. 800-B-U-Y-D-E-L-L. That's 800-BUY-DELL. Listen, from XPS and Alienware computers that are redefining what's possible with 10th gen Intel Core processors. Are you kidding me? 800-BUY-DELL. Dude, I'm getting a Dell. All right. I hope you enjoyed the show. Good conversations. Chatter, chatter, pitter, patter. <laughs> Rest in peace to the last dance. It was a hell of a run. Loved watching it. I'm going to go to bed now. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Please tell your friends if you enjoyed listening to this that they should subscribe. 
rate and review to this podcast. Uh, Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. You all are the best, by the way. I know you can listen to anything. The fact you listen to this show, I'm very grateful. Very grateful. You're too fucking good to us. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.